0: Hello and welcome to episode number 409 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and in this week's show we learn the 777X is delayed for yet another year. A low-cost flyer has the trip of a lifetime and there's good news for the cabin crew of one American carrier. In the military news this week, the Marine Corps declare their heavy-lift helicopter operational and Boeing unveils first T-7A Red Hawk training jet for the Air Force. So, joining me this week, and this is going to be a very quick intro, joining me this week... It is the one and only, and by one and only I mean the one, because Literally. there is only one other person with me this week. It's Matt Smith. Uh, well, hello, my friend. Hello. <laughs> Where were you last week? What were your excuses for last week? What were you doing? Oi! This time, this time last week, I was doing an. I, I was doing a, a, a stand-in for a, a host on Park Radio Dis, and I was doing the Eighties Show. Oh, of course you
1: were. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. we quite very fun. we relinquished him to go and help the radio station yeah, out, basically. Which yeah, it was good, yeah. it? good, oh, it fun, was good fun. Yes, I, although uh, please never do that to me again because I've never been so
0: terrified in my entire life. It's just right. Like, let's, yeah. let's just let's just put this out there <laughs> while we're here. Yeah, is, this week I've been travelling as per usual round the depths and breadths of the UK. Yes, I think I've done. I think I haven't looked this yet, but I've probably done over a thousand miles. Or Goodness. Somewhere. Um, but I did this week listen to last week's show. Oh I have no. to say, well done. <laughs> it was it Thank was... you. It was very entertaining. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, and the, well, the, I mean, I, I have Andy and Nick to, to thank for that, frankly, because the, the beauty about those two is that they, you know, if one doesn't know something, the other one does. If you see what I mean, so we were able to have a couple of. Uh, I think, I think the term that I'm looking for there is I got away with it. Uh, oh, but,
0: yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Actually, I thought you
1: guys done a really good job. Yeah, it was good fun. It was yeah. good fun. Yeah, but you know, don't don't make it too regular. That's all I'm
0: saying. Although, all right, yeah. although when 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 uh, I think. Nick. <laughs> Nick said one of the stories you'd chosen or something was a bit boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and I panicked a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
1: because of course, ironically, so so uh, yeah, it was a bit of a a bit of a tricky week. To I mean, with that, we got on air. That was the main thing, but it was a really tricky uh, show last week because we had no John because he was uh, he was working. Um, You obviously were doing the radio station a massive favour with my blessing, I should say, because it was you know yeah, I had permission from that. Yeah, poor James is uh, poor James is never ever able to sort of get cover and stuff so we want to do him a bit of a favor if we could because he's a he's a good no, yeah, egg. He's he's a, he, one. yeah he does uh, absolutely. and he's a good egg isn't he bless him yeah, so yeah. yeah absolutely so no, yeah and then one. of course Armando like he is now was was in the air busy be, being being Armando um and we were at least we were able to have him for like the first part of the show which was a huge huge help and then That's and true. then of course uh Nev is Nev was uh in our part of the world traveling back home and but he's not here tonight now because he no. I,
0: is he on his holly bobs i think he is, yeah. Nev has um, whisked himself and Mrs. Nev away oh, wow. to uh, to Italy to go and see oh, none other than
1: as you do. Jenny in Rome. Oh, yes. I'll tell you what, having done that trip myself with uh, somebody, uh, regular to listeners to the show may remember Owen, having done that trip uh, myself, that was, uh, that is, he's in for, I'll tell you, he's in for a treat because uh, Jenny really knows
0: how to spoil you rotten, I'll tell you. it's a, It's a wonderful place to be. I mean, Nev was in the chat room when we uh, when we went he live was. earlier, but he's disappeared now, and Jenny's not in there as well. So I reckon there's a bit of Pinot Grigio going on. Oh, no,
1: the, no, 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 no. This is Mr Bounds. There, there'll, be a, there'll be a very nice, tasty Malbec or something like that in his <laughs> glass, I would imagine. And, of course, in, in Italy, this time of year especially, it's quite warm, so I should imagine we've got a, a delightfully room temperature Malbec in his glass or something along those lines, I would like yeah. to think.
0: Yeah. But uh, hopefully Nev will be back next week, and hopefully yep. we'll have Armando back next week next week and we'll have all the team together so it's just it's an old-fashioned old school it's just just me and me and matt this week yeah indeed my beer um, oh, dear! we can have a look we can have a look
1: <laughs> I, th- I thought things. there was some noise on the line there you nearly got away with that i know yeah. <laughs> we're gonna say thanks to
0: everyone who's joined us in the live youtube chat room this evening let's have a look who's in there we've got uh, i can see you now you see have got glasses on uh it's uh, lee davies is in there uh richard adams is in there matt c hello to you matt uh Mazus, hello to you, Mazus. GB's model zone. Uh we've got Sturman. Hello to you, Sturman. Oh, i missed I don't see Sturman now. You see, I don't get to see him now. It's Aww. a bit upsetting? Uh we've got Daritash one. Hello to you. Ooh, that's as cool. i am well. not I don't think I've heard that one before. Oh, he's been in the chat room before. Oh, is he? Oh, very yeah. good. Okay. Uh, yeah, Richard Adams, uh, Miles High, Shuttlepod1. Oh, cool. Also in there. Masha, hello to you, Masha. Hope you're well. Hope it's warmer at uh, your side of the river. Uh, your side of the uh, river. Because um, it's a bit Honestly. chilly here in the UK. Um, who else have we got? Let's have a little squeeze through here. I don't know Neil Lamourne. Hello to you, Neil. Uh, good to see you in there, Neil. Uh, we have got uh, Armando is obviously in the chat room keeping an eye. On he is things. actually, as you've mentioned him. Uh, uh, so, uh, where is it? I'm just going to pop this
1: up, uh, pop, pop this up on the screen, Carlos, for you to to read. Oh. There you go. Look, uh, what
0: does it say on there? <laughs> oh yeah, you have to pipe the show through the intercom. Yep. Great in flight entertainment. Yeah, I yep. think Armando should pump this the show. Well, no, through I, them, I, yeah. I
1: am happy to confirm uh, that uh, in the uh, in in the flight well not in the flight deck in in the cabin. Uh, in the cabin area at the moment. I'm delighted to say that there you are... Oh, live, we are, as we we are live on, on the are, yeah. in, in the aircraft. We are literally, uh, yes, the in-flight entertainment for this particular flight. So there we go. What a what, oh, a, what a treat! Yeah, what absolutely. <laughs> there All we go. So that, that's just been sent in by Armando, especially for GB's model zone. So there you
0: go. Uh, <laughs> and I can confirm that aircraft is incredibly comfortable to sit. Right, good, especially Lovely. those seats. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we're going to cool. say thanks to everyone as well, uh, obviously, for joining us. And if you are an audio listener of the show, uh, don't forget to take yourselves over to. YouTube and search for us Plain Talking UK. You'll find our YouTube page on there. Click the subscribe button because that's always a good thing to do. And also the bell icon, which is right next door to be notified when we are live and recording new episodes as me and Matt are this evening. And then... What the great thing is, is you can enjoy it in the chat room. Absolutely, which is absolutely next level chat room fun. Yeah,
1: so make indeed. sure you
0: do that. Now, listen, so,
1: before before we move on to the commercial news, I need to talk to you about something uh, because because uh, you've been up to stuff again, haven't you? And uh, oh. almost like you've almost gone out out of your way to upset your wife. Um, now, uh, talk me through this. So, what is this that is in your home? Where is it? How did you get away with it? Why is your oh, wife still blimey. talking to me? I'm very surprised. Why is your wife still talking to you? that I'm quite surprised <laughs> about. Um, uh, come on, what what is it? How, how has this occurred? What's going on? And obviously
0: describe it, please, for those who are listening to the audio version of the show. Right. So what is it so, that we're looking at on screen? So what it is, so, so many of you listeners will know that I have just here in front of me uh, a Boeing 777 uh, window. Yes. Uh, from BA, one of BA's la, uh, first and last uh, 777 200s. Well, a few weeks back, a certain company who we're hoping to have on the show very soon as guests were cutting up various pieces of the Tri-Stars, which were over at Bruntingthorpe, along with the VC-10. Lots of controversy in regards to what's going on over there because people got rather upset about these aircraft being cut up. They're, read the social media stuff. It's all on there. Um, but uh, these guys managed to get hold of three of the Tri-Stars, um, one of which was uh, ZD951, which is on the picture behind me here. Which is the one that ha- which has got the thirty years logo just on engine number two, on the on there, and they had window cuts from here. And I, as you will all know, I am a massive fan of the Tristar, and if I have Are a chance, you? if I have a chance <laughs> to get a piece of right. that aircraft, I am going to have that piece. So um, I kept it quiet didn't tell the wife, (laughs) and ordered a piece of said Tristar. Uh Right. uh, Waiting for the correct time to... Right, okay. Let her know that I'd brought it, which I did do a few days back. Right. And... It actually went down okay, right? It, uh, I mean, I'm still here. There's no. There is wound. that, yes, I know. No wounds or anything. Yeah, I like know. Any I, one piece. I I just want to know
1: how many diamonds you've got to sort of pay, uh, you know, to buy <laughs> in order to to put this right. So, so this is the the lovely window. What? Where is it going to go? So you you've illuminated it similar to you had the the other one, the, the, like the triple the seven one. Yes, yeah, so
0: I've illuminated that. So I have put some LEDs in there. That yeah. is um, that is current on my memories board, uh, which is where my photos are of all the. Uh, oh yes. Stuff. Okay. So I've sort of mounted it on there, which is what you can see on that mesh. Yeah. Um, but that is a window cut from ZD nine five one, which uh, was an ex British Airways L ten eleven, and they were all dash five hundred, so they were the um, the longer range tristars that uh, Lockheed uh, built. Yes. Okay. Towards yet the, these were the these were the very last. Tri Stars that, that Lockheed built before they finished, um, the Dash Five Hundreds, were the they were slightly shorter and had a longer range, mm. and BA and Pan Am had these, <laughs> and Royal Air Force brought, um, I think it was, I think they brought six. BA ones and three or six and two two Pan Am or three Pan Am right. ones something like
1: that. Anyway, so we've got a, com- a couple of comments in the in the chat room here. This one from Miles Hyers. So you were on the couch for two nights, were you? Is this something that those spare, spare spare? All room. Room. Oh, right, spare room yeah. for t- two nights. Uh, Dirk is very much on your side. He said he'd do the same if he could, uh, but uh, he says, "I'll oh, go on. Let the man have his hobbies," which is quite nice. Uh, so yeah, so there. Lots of support in the chat room. I'm pleased to say. Actually,
0: I have to say before we move on that. if if you um Matt will see this when he comes round, but you when you if you can sh- if you, you can't see, but the difference in thickness of the skin of the triple seven which is yes. just here to the TriStar is so is different it, is it
1: much thicker on the on the tri-star yeah, yeah. is
0: so much thicker. i suppose that's that's yeah. the the
1: changes in in um that's the that's the advantage of the changes of uh, technologies i suppose making yeah. the making thing now before we move on to uh our commercial news of course as you may have noticed Armando is not here he's busy flying at the moment and uh as i said but don't worry he has been in touch and he has a little introduction for Ooh. us to let us know what he's up to today
2: hello team hello to all our listeners uh, once again i'm sorry i cannot be on the show live today but i am out flying it's been our busy busy old time in business and corporate aviation this is my fifth day flying in a row today i'm in the Pilatus pc12 ng i've uh, been all over the east coast this week just up to Cedarbro, down to florida over to kentucky but hopefully i will be able to catch you guys on next week's show enjoy the stories for today
1: Thank you, Armando. As I say, and he's he's read some stories for us, so we will be hearing from him uh, later on in the uh, show. Dirk, by the way, is uh, saying you know—that's the joys of material science for the win. He reckons uh, that's that's the way forward. So, uh, and uh, GB Model Zone is saying that uh, it make a really good bathroom window. Actually, the. Uh, your your little yeah your, yeah either of them would make a really good bathroom window I think really that's probably the only way you would
0: get away with it if you bought another one I think uh, well we're we're gonna have during um, we we're, we're <laughs> gonna have the guys from doors to manual on the show in a few weeks time so keep your eyes open for that we've um, we've got those guys scheduled to come on and chat with us because they are they have got a massive massive selection of military stuff that they are um. um Make, you know, making cuts of and stuff for people to have as uh, mementos. So.
1: I just noticed we've got royalty in the chat room by the way. Oh, what, uh, Captain Jeff? We have, by the look of it, yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. aren't we very honoured? Anyway, we haven't, we haven't started the show yet. We should probably do that.
0: Yes, yes, we <laughs> should do. Right, so if, uh, if, um, yeah, <laughs> if I, I'm ready, are good. you ready? <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's do it.
1: Let's <laughs> turn on the
3: seatbelt light. Please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts. <laughs>
0: And this week's first news story comes to us from the seattletimes.com. And it's quite the story, so I'm just going to have a quick sip of beer before oh, I go. Oh, right. Oh, dear. Very serious then. Knuckle down, yes, everyone. John did warn us if this was quite an Oh, mis- a bit
1: of a mouthful, was it?
0: <laughs> So uh, this one is Boeing delays the 777X another year. How many many years can they delay this aircraft, honestly? Uh, And writes off $1.2 billion as future costs pile up. Ouch.
3: Shout out to to
0: Dominic Gates, Seattle Times uh, aerospace correspondent, who does an excellent job in reporting this stuff. Um, good work. Uh, so this is... Uh, that's praise so, indeed coming from John, I tell you. that um, <laughs> yeah. Boeing on Wednesday this week disclosed a heavy first quarter loss as it wrote off $1.2 billion related to two defence side-fixed price aircraft projects and the impact on the war in Ukraine. The company also announced it will push out delivery of the first giant 777X jet by at least a year to 2025. Blimey. A delay that estimates will incur a further one and a half billion dollars in abnormal production costs future quarters. So speaking uh, on CNBC Wednesday morning, Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun said the 777X production halt is necessary to stop producing aeroplanes, which we then may have to rebuild and rework. Well, why not get them Right the first time, <laughs> anyway. Boeing has already built and rolled out four first test flight models of the 777X and 20 production 777X jets. After being briefed Monday by Boeing management on the delay, leading 777X customer Tim Clark, president of Emirates, said in an interview, He remains committed to the jet. We'll see how long that goes on for. Uh, Delivery of the first jet is now scheduled for at least five years later than Boeing had planned uh, when the jet was launched in 2013. Boeing has already built the first dozen 777Xs for Emirates, and Clark said that by the time he gets the first one, it will be a seven-year-old jet. blimey. They're basically secondhand aircraft, he said. We have to talk to them about that. I, I can I censor a, a discount. Yeah, couldn't? I should think uh, so. He said Emirates has been forced to allocate $1.5 billion to retrofit its current fleet of Airbus A380s and 777-300ERs to extend their lives into the 2030s. He said that we will just eke these out until such time as we have confidence in the ability of Boeing to deliver the stream of aircraft that we want, he said. Clark also expressed doubts about taking the 787s Emirates has on order to give the extended halt in deliveries of that aeroplane, even though Boeing offered hope Wednesday of a resumption of deliveries perhaps as soon as this summer. Boeing is seeking FAA approval for its fixes to manufacturing defects found on the 787 that have largely halted deliveries of that jet for 18 months. Boeing said it now has 115 Dreamliners in inventory awaiting rework and delivery. Uh, Emirates has 30 Dreamliners on order, in addition to 115 of the large 777Xs. So clearly they are at high risk to be delivered at any time in the contractual timeline, Clark said. And he also said, so frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if we just drop those out of the mix completely. Oh, that will hurt. <laughs> he said also that we are due for delivery of our first aircraft in a year's time. and They've still got a backlog going on, plus a, back a year plus, he said. We're reviewing the whole situation and seeing whether the 787 has a place in the fleet or not. We will let Boeing know accordingly, he said. Oh, dear. On the defence side of the company, Boeing wrote off $660 million for the Air Force One. I just love how they can write this money off, honestly. I I worry about a fiver, let alone $660 million. (laughs) Um, of the 787 or 747-8 for Air Force 1 in its modifying in San Antonio, Texas. It blamed this on higher supplier costs, high cost to finalize technical requirements and schedules, he said. It also wrote off some more money, 367 million dollars for the T7 Air Force Jet trainer under development in Saint Louis, Missouri, primarily driven by ongoing supply negotiations impacted by supply and train uh, supply train contrain, uh, constraint constraint. Get my words out, just like doing a radio show. And COVID nineteen <laughs> inflama- in, inflammatory pressures. Calhoun, in a memo to employees on Wednesday, reiterated those factors trying the supply chain disruption and cost inflation to the impact of the pandemic and the Ukraine war and on earnings teleconference with wall street analyst Wednesday, he also acknowledged that the fixed price contracts for both air force one and the T seven were very aggressive. On the T-7, Boeing bid low in the expectation of losing money on the development phase, but making it back later with the follow on orders of the first fighter jet. Um, On Air Force One, then CEO Dennis Muhlenberg did what current CEO Calhoun called a unique negotiation on pricing with the then President Donald Trump. To ensure Boeing kept that prestigious contract, Calhoun said the company took on a very unique set of risks that Boeing probably shouldn't have taken on. Boeing also writ off a further to, blimey, where are we going here? Boeing wrote off another $212 million relating to the invasion of Ukraine and sanctions against Russia. While these actions had an impact on the business, he said they are the right thing to do, Calhoun wrote in a News. wow
1: wow uh now uh, we've had some comments in the chat room on this which i'll just share with you if i may uh the first one from neil landwarn he was saying it's absolutely terrible imagine if pt uk production was delayed until you got it right uh <laughs> which is <laughs> which is fair isn't it Mazus uh, 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 has uh, pointed out that uh, there may be some more windows going cheap very very soon <laughs> Uh, and, uh, also, uh, on a comment you made earlier on, Carlos Turkis said, uh, uh, Carlos, I'm worrying about a fiver, uh, and then, uh, also, Carlos buys an L ten eleven window. So, yeah, all right, okay, there <laughs> enough. Quite, absolutely, yeah. I, th- I think you shot yourself in the foot there with that one, mate. But uh, there we go. It was worth it. Yeah. It was worth.
0: It was worth not eating any food for a week.
1: Right, very good. Yes, I, I yeah. can imagine. At least, uh, are we allowed to know wh- how much it was, or, or will you have to kill us if we do? Um, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to lie, I did get a little cheeky discount code. Did you? Right, okay, yeah. very good. Uh, a very good evening to uh P- Pip is in the chat room this evening. He's saying hello from uh he's saying hello from Mallorca, which is not oh, Mallorca. Oh, ma- yeah, is it Mallorca? Mallorca. Ma- 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 yeah, Mallorca. Mallorca in it. Yeah. yeah. Mallorca or something. He's gone to, he's
0: gone to Mallorca to have uh, some some lovely Spanish food like uh, oh, chips. Do you know what I love a bit of tapas. I no, do love chips. a bit of No chips. No, tapas tapas no, that, that's, that's what future. you have when you go to spain no, you
1: just you have don't chips. have chips no you might do when you go there I, no, I, don't, I, I have i'm trying really. to get seafood and goodness knows what else if i'm somewhere lovely like that anyway we'll move on to the next story shall now we this
0: this next story for matt honestly guys this this is a. Uh, i i just didn't believe it until i saw it
1: <laughs> yeah now yes now you say this now i i suppose i've been uh, uh because of a, a very dear friend uh used to who i know uh, used to work for Ryanair uh <clears throat> oh excuse me excuse me i'm just gonna shut my microphone for a moment just talk amongst yourselves for a second
0: oh hello <laughs> <laughs> matt's gonna cough himself You've there we go. That's fine. That's right. I just
1: wanted to shut the fader while I did that because that wasn't very nice for anyone. Uh,
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, so. The spider. I yeah, heard you.
1: Yeah, no. You, you always forget, don't you? It's like I, I shut it at this end so it doesn't go out on YouTube. But it's oh. still. Because you, you're on Orcs One. Do you remember when you're in the oh. studio and you have to do it? Yeah, yeah. The, oh, honestly. Sorry. Technical things. Ah, oh, dearie me. Honestly. You know, all that training you had gone straight out of the window, hasn't it? <laughs> anyway, story number two uh, is from Ryanair. And what Carlos is shocked and they surprised about is that Ryanair passengers had a trip of a lifetime after winning 100,000 euros on a flight to Portugal. Uh, Ryanair announced last week the lucky winner of its annual Win a Million event who walked away with a whopping 100,000 euros cash prize, Laura uh, Miraker, who uh, moved to Liverpool over 5 years ago from Portugal. Visited Ryanair's HQ in Dublin with her husband and two children to play a to play uh, for a life changing sum of 1 million euros, having brought a winning £2 Ryanair charity scratch card on flight to Portugal earlier this year. Uh, Lucky winner Laura said, this has been an amazing experience that I'm delighted to be part of. Words can't describe how lucky and blessed I feel by this amazing opportunity when I purchased this uh, scratch card on a Ryanair flight to Portugal. I never imagined myself as the lucky winner of 100 million, sorry I nearly said 100 million no, 100,000 (laughs) euros. <laughs> that's a very different sum of money altogether uh, I'm looking forward to celebrating my winnings with my family who are here with me today my friends back at home and paying off my mortgage who knows I may even open my own bakery one day a huge passion of mine I'm very proud to have supported Ryanair who in turn support the great work of so many charities including the UK's Naomi House and Jack's Place who work with life limited and life threatened children and young adults as well as their families Ryanair's director of marketing Dara Brady said uh, through the sales of our scratch cards which to date has generated over 10 million euros Ryanair has continuously supported incredible causes across Europe now this is a really really lovely story uh, it, so it does prove that some people do win um, which you were very
0: surprised about Carlos uh, very surprised well, you did. see that you see the scratch cards being sold on the aircraft yeah. I've been offered them a million times on a have with Ryanair because we normally fly Ryanair to Malta all the time yeah. Yeah. And you you see people, uh, yeah. You know a lot of lot of people poo poo them. Lot of yeah. some people buy them, and I just I've never I've never seen someone on a flight who's had these scratch cards, scratch them off, and then go, oh oh wow I've won, I've won. Or, yeah. Or, or, <laughs> yeah I've got you know a free panini or a, well I tell um, you what shall we shall we hear the story firsthand? Look here we go.
1: Nice congratulations! I mean, that's to, a
0: lot of money. That's not a bad. That's not a
1: bad sum of money. Absolutely, lot of money to. Uh, also, actually, the, um, there was a. They were uh, mentioning a couple of charities there, as as we were saying at the end there, uh, which is the UK's Naomi's House and Jack Place. And uh, I spotted this little picture as well there. Now, eagle-eyed viewers may may or may not recognise one of the individuals um, on let's the left-hand side. See if they see if
0: they can spot that person, mate. Indeed. Okay. Well, we'll don't, see don't see.
1: say anything. No, okay, I won't say anything. See if they can spot who it might but be a prize yeah.
0: of absolutely nothing
1: to okay. the first person yeah. who <laughs> free glass see. of water uh, sufficient legroom ringside seats is uh what richard adams is suggesting uh, <laughs> <laughs> who can who can spot a, a famous a famous, famous person, celebrity yeah. okay they're, they're obviously not getting it oh well never mind <laughs> the chat room's gone quiet uh, okay anyway we'll move on uh yes uh so congratulations to, to i think it was laura wasn't it well done well done to to I, mean, I just
0: I just think it's brilliant I, I, yeah I, I just, exactly it's now changed my um my view on the on the yeah well, absolutely I must admit well, I, I, I say uh, mainly because of conversations I'd had with
1: um our, our you know our our our, uh, our friend who used to work for Ryanair um we had <laughs> we often had the conversation where we would uh, well hello what's going on he Chat must room. oh I see all right yeah Mr Warner's got it well done Mr Warner yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely uh indeed yeah so that was a, yeah that was a lot of fun so yeah, for anybody asking it was Picture of Owen, um, you know, from back when he was working for Ryanair. Uh, but uh, oh. there we go. Uh, very, very much, uh, very much enjoyed that. As you say, nice though, nice though. Let's be honest.
0: Uh, yeah, it,
1: it I, I, be I do buy them. I do buy them. I have to confess, when I'm on a flight, I do I use. Have them. Done. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I have done. Yeah, we brought them in September when we, we flew out to um, to Malta. So yeah. yeah, we have brought them before. It, it, I'd love to know out of. I don't know. Out of a thousand cards, you know, how many of them are oh, win-
1: winning cards? That's no different to the lottery, is it, though? I mean, if you think um, about it, it's like. Um, I think if you do like the instant win games on the national lottery, for example, you, it depends on on the one that you have whether it could be one in two point six four or one in five. You know, I suppose it's just one of those things, isn't it? But uh, yeah. as any proof, if anybody needed it, that you can actually win, we should we should Certainly probably true. move on. Uh, yep. yeah, So
0: this <laughs> next story is uh, has been who has been specially put together for, uh, for us in video form by Armando, and uh, this story is looking at a. Particular interesting event that happened yes, uh, yes. in the news this week, oh, which we, caused we, we, a heap of
1: yeah. And because we we were talking uh, about the lead up to it, were not we? Yeah. So it won't be any surprise. So this is really a follow up. The the event has taken place. Let's uh, let's cross over to Armando now, who will fill us in on story number three.
2: Hey guys, this first story that I'm going to talk about made its way all through the internet. I'm going to focus on the article from Flying Magazine. But last Sunday's heavily promoted Red Bull airplane swap uh, missed a mark in more than a couple ways. Uh, not only did the actual swap fail, but the maneuver resulted in uh, an aircraft crashing, um, which caught the FAA's attention. In a statement just recently, they said the FAA said it will investigate the Sunday evening's attempted Red Bull airplane swap in Arizona. The agency had also said that it denied the organizers, the Red Bulls, request for an exemption from federal regulations that uh, cover essentially the safe operation of the aircraft. Now, I saw this on the internet. Some people posted the actual because it's it's public, um, it's it's public publicly available as a, through the Freedom of Information Act. But they actually denied Red Bull's request for some exemptions from Part 91, um, specifically the safe operation of an aircraft. Um, in this planned swap, which was uh, live streamed on Hulu, uh, pilots and skydivers Luke Akins and Andy Farrington were scheduled <clears throat> or at least planned to uh, fly two Cessna 182s to an altitude of about 12,000 feet above the desert, put the aircraft into some steep dives, throw out some speed brakes which they had designed, jump out and maneuver a la James Bond from one aircraft to the other and completely swap, um, aircraft. Then the idea was for them to recover from the dive and land the aircraft. Uh, Of course, they were both wearing parachutes. Um, the aircraft, as you probably saw, were modified with a a couple different things. They were, uh, probably the biggest modification that we saw was those aerodynamic brakes that were going to slow the airplane down in their, uh, in their dives, right? So a la World War Two, so kind of dive breaks. They had some extra grab bars for the for the two gentlemen to uh, to grab onto the aircraft as they were kind of catching it. And then they also had custom autopilots. And as we eventually saw, they also had the ballistic parachute system. Um, shortly after the 182s, the pilots departed the aircraft. We saw one of them, um, now lovingly known as the blue plane, um, start kind of nose diving, kind of went end over end, and ended up out of control to the point where um, the the skydiver couldn't couldn't uh, grab onto it safely and get into the aircraft. The other one worked out just fine, um, so it was pretty impossible. And as we were watching it live, I was watching it live. Um, one aircraft, you know, the, we had the communications going on, uh, got down on the ground, no problem, and we never saw until a couple of days later the actual. Aftermath of the blue aircraft, which ended up just crumpled up. Um, the parachute system did deploy, but it was just you know crumpled up in the middle of the desert. Anyways, as you can imagine, the FAA is going to investigate this, especially because they went ahead with the um, we're going to call it a demonstration, even though they had actually denied their requests for a waiver from federal regulations. The social media aviation is all a buzz about this. My personal opinion on it is it's fine they were in the middle of the desert aviation was was founded on intrepid aviators if you think back to the barnstorming days some of the the aerial stunt days those are the things that brought visibility to aviation and helped aviation get to where it is today so i personally don't have any problems with this i know a lot of people were were saying how you know they destroyed a perfectly good aircraft yeah well so did So does weather, and so does um, silly pilots doing silly things, but in this case, I thought that it was all very controlled. Um, Obviously my personal opinion is that if the FAA denied their request to conduct this uh, stunt, uh, and they continued on with it, then that, that can be problematic. But overall, I didn't have a problem with the whole thing, I was watching it. Um, Sure, it was Red Bull. Red Bull has brought a lot of visibility to aviation, so I have no problem with them, you know, trying to do these things. But as you can imagine, we'll uh, we'll see what happens when the FAA gets their hands on the aftermath. (laughs)
1: Now, for me, this was a really interesting discussion that we had. We were lucky. We were having a bit of a chat with Armando, actually, before we went live. Uh, yeah. And we were talking about this. And one of the things for me that was really fascinating, actually, is – um you know, so Armando's viewpoint on it was almost a little bit unexpected in the fact that actually he, he does feel <laughs> that the, the stuff yeah. like this should, should take place because that's, you know, if you go back sort of like 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, that's how, you know, that's how these things, um, you know, sort of, pr- uh, like happen, if you see what I mean. It's, it, that's how the, uh, the, uh, innovation, if you like, uh, takes place. Uh, I mean, it's a really sort of, an odd sort of situation really where um you know uh, that uh, as to have armando sort of like so openly saying like you know this is not uh, you know the, the, they're going to be you know sort of raked over the coals over this one obviously oh yeah, god yeah, yeah there yeah. was there was people yeah.
0: kicking off on social media yeah. all about it this week a lot of people were kicking off about it saying yeah. it shouldn't have happened and they didn't have permission and and this that, and the other i i think you know, th- this wasn't just you know, this weren't just two guys going out, getting a plane, just flying somewhere, jumping out, and doing stuff. I yeah, think there yeah. was there was a a Sierra Hotel India Tango ton of planning that went into this um, particular stunt. We'll call it a stunt. Um, and if, if it if it had have worked, if they had have successfully both of them have had successfully, you know, swapped places and got into the aircraft and both landed. Yeah, absolutely. Would it have all been kicking off so much on I think it probably would have done, but not as much as it has done. Well also let,
1: let's not forget here, so this was a stunt at the end of the day. The st- okay, the stunt didn't work, it didn't go according to plan. But um other than a mangled aircraft, um there's been no human cost to this. So I mean you could argue this was a calculated risk, if you saw what I mean. And also let's not forget those two pilots knew exactly what was at stake here when they were doing that. You
0: know, yeah I think so- since this as well he's he's obviously got the uh the letter to say that his um his license has been revoked by the Gosh. FAA. Okay. Um, Okay. I, feel, well, I mean, like, I,
1: I guess they have to, don't they? I suppose because they weren't given permission to do the stunt, therefore they've done it. But I mean, actually...
0: oh no, not the not these guys. The, uh, there was a there was that incident a few weeks back or a few months back, I think it was, where that guy jumped out of that plane i think we covered a story he jumped out and, and said the engine had stalled and he, he oh. let the aircraft crash and it had gopros on we did cover the story that particular um guy he got he lost um, the faa took, he? Over, okay. took his licenses away yeah. these guys probably not but there will be investigations no doubt into um into yeah. this
1: mark um, Marcus said on whatsapp by the way he agrees with um armando's thoughts on it actually and i, I think uh you know there's probably a lot of pilots who do feel who perhaps do understand you know exactly where Armando is coming from at the end of the day as I say it's just you know let's not you know it was it was a stunt uh, okay it didn't work out on this occasion but the important thing is nobody got hurt Um, you know uh oh, oh uh Jonathan Warner is saying that was the moron who intentionally yeah, that crashed was, his plane uh, that for was for essentially
0: YouTube streams yeah, and Luke, likes and all that, kind of that thing. was yeah. he de- he deliberately crashed his plane just to get some likes on YouTube well he said he didn't deliberately crash his oh, right. plane but it was okay. blatantly obvious as what he does. okay right but yeah he he has since I mean, his yeah. license, so. obviously that you know he denies that accusation i think is yeah. worth just saying before before we end up in court yes. yeah yeah but, but um uh, yeah you know, interesting story but at the end of the day let's be honest this is the red bull guys you know the red the red bull team they can pretty much
1: yeah I, i'd be sad if the pilots now the lost their, i'd be sad if the pilots now lost their you know their license off the back
0: i, of I don't think the i don't think these part these, these pilots i don't think will probably lose a no. lot but there will
1: be but will they though because essentially they carried out a stunt that they weren't given permission for therefore there will yeah, be well, some we'll find out there'll that. be some ramifications yeah. for it Went not and i think that'll be a real shame
0: So, moving on to the next story, and this one comes to us from theft.com, Reuters.com, onemileatatime.com, and Bloomberg.com. And uh, this is all about this huge ruckus between Airbus and Qatar or Qatar or (laughs) Qatar or whatever way you want to pronounce (laughs) the airline. Yeah, very good. Um, The headline Airbus allowed to cancel Qatar orders in a uh, legal row. So, a London judge has thrown out a request. He literally picked it up. Through it out uh, by Qatar Airways to prevent Airbus from terminating its order for its top-selling A321 NEO passenger jets in a setback for the Gulf Carrier. Airbus will now uh, be able to offer the aircraft originally des- destined for Qatar Airways to other potential customers. Uh, there's a high demand for the medium-sized family of jets as airlines emerge from the coronavirus pandemic. Airbus in January revoked the $6 billion order for 50 A321 narrow-bodied aircraft by Qatar, one of its biggest and longest standing customers. The highly unusual move Uh, which shocked the industry, came after the airline had refused to take delivery of the larger A350 aircraft amid a wider row over the quality of the paint, another story which we've also covered on the show previously. Uh, Qatar Airways subsequently asked the judge for an injunction to prevent Airbus from cancelling the contract, arguing there was no equivalent substitute for the jets. Yes, there is. Boeing 757, loads of them out there. Anyway, a judge in London's High Court on Tuesday dismissed a request noting that Qatar was well able to source alternative aircraft to make up the anticipated shortfall, either by leasing jets or through a separate order for Boeing 737 MAX aircraft. An initial delivery of A321 NEOs had been expected in the fourth quarter of 2023. The judge added that if Qatar wins the main trial over the A350 aircraft, then Airbus should still be able to reinstate uh, the A321 Neos into its production plans. Justice David Waxman on Tuesday ordered Qatar Airways to pay 90% of Airbus's legal costs. Ouch. Uh, with an interim payment of £260,000, uh, £260, sorry, uh, poor, my drop in the ocean for them, uh, to be made over the next two weeks. So basically Airbus can now sell these cancelled Qatar 321 Neos to whoever they want which let's be honest you know if if you uh order a brand new car from audi and then mm. a week later decide no i don't really want it now audi can go and sell that car to someone else
1: and i mean you know let, let's be honest uh you know airbus is very much in favor with a lot of um carriers at the moment because it hasn't had um you know the problem shall we say that boeing have had lately yeah. um you so you can understand why some people i mean obviously we've covered the triple seven x story at the start of the show for example and you know obviously we had the, the whole max thing uh and that so i mean i don't think airbus are gonna have any trouble
0: you know it's I, like, not like, I like lee you know. davies comment on their way to jet two now yeah it wouldn't surprise <laughs> yeah. me yeah um, <laughs> yeah yeah some, yeah, yeah. some he- you know go over to jet two yeah indeed um because Jet 2 are getting rid of their 7.5s. I think they have actually got rid of all their 7.5s. Oh, are they? Okay. Jet2, which is disgraceful, I will say. Right. Okay. Very good anyway, if you say uh, so. Matt, <laughs> over – oh, hold on. We've got a comment. Oh, yeah. Lee Davis said, yeah, on their way over to Jet 2. Yeah, so i was just looking at the YouTube. Stream. Oh, hello. Uh, uh, uh,
1: Owen, who, who we were talking about earlier, he's in the chat room there. Oh, saying hello, that, Owen. Uh, uh, ironically, a leasing company might buy these aircraft, and if Qatar really want the A320 Nears, they'll be able to lease, <laughs> to lease them from the aircraft loss Losses. Losses. That's, that's a very good point. Or lesses, sorry. That's a very good leasing, point, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, leasing going on. Yeah, absolutely. Always a lot of leasing going on. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's take a look at the next oh, story. Oh, Lee Davis next. says
0: they're still flying the 7.5. Thank you, Lee. Okay. Uh, right. Yes, this is the next story. And uh, Matt, this is a Ryanair story. And it's regarding something that I think I need to renew in a few years' time. But anyway, oh, really? Okay,
1: well, don't, we don't want to talk about passports in this house at the moment because I'm missing out on an amazing trip because I can't find mine. So You can't find it? No, I can't find it anywhere. I had it when we went to Ireland and uh, oh, I, used it to, no. I used it to get uh, something from the post office, a parcel that had been delivered while we were away. Um, and it, somehow it's gone missing between there and there. So my it's downstairs in the front room. It's not. We, we've we turned it upside <laughs> down. Um, you know. So yes, yeah, so and my uh, my amazing trick to Carcassonne is uh, no more. Sadly, because uh, uh, it, we we even tried to do the Peterborough thing. Um, you know, do a sort of same day thing. But the only date they gave
0: me was after after the events. You so, know what? Je- Actually, funny mm, you say that. Gemma's yeah. one has run out. Has just run out. Yeah. And um, I think she said it was eighty or ninety. 90- quid to or seven. Yeah, oh yeah, no, but you, you know,
1: that versus a, a, a free trip to Carcassonne it was money well spent, frankly. Um, you yeah. know, that was the difference between you being able to go or not. But unfortunately so, I, so yeah, can you not
0: can you not go to Peter Baronai and pick up a passport or is that uh,
1: you have to make an appointment. Um uh. and I can't get an appointment for uh, the appointment time that they gave me was uh was too late it was after the yeah. after the 20th of May so uh, just like the DVLA yeah anyway carry on, Matt. well and of course right. as I'm sure as we're about to, to, to cover here it's um there are massive delays of course at the post offices uh, at, at, uh, not at the post office sorry at the passport control which I'm sure will become uh, evident in a moment uh, back to Ryanair here and UK passports including the Portugal thing is what it says in the headline several sources here we've got the Derby Telegraph uh, we've got simple flying and also a uh, I I, I don't know if I dare try and read that one out. Shen give... uh, Honestly, where John finds some of these stories, goodness only knows. Anyway, a Derby man has told how he was denied entry into a Ryanair flight to Portugal despite having a year left on his passport. Ian Glover was told on his way to Faro in Portugal that the issue date the, that the issue date of his passport was not close enough to the end of his travel. Mr. Glover renewed his passport early in 2012, and when uh, it still had a year left uh, um, in 2012, when it still had a year left to run. That meant that his date of expiry was listed as April 2023, giving him just under a year left on the document. Mr Glover said, I looked at the government website and it said that it shouldn't have been issued more than 10 years ago. Uh, and it was issued in July 2012, which means that the 10 years in uh, is uh, July this year. And it's also stated that you need to have three months uh, from expiry. And an expiry is on the 6th of April 2020." What Ryanair is saying is that 10 years after issue, the passport expires, obviously, but they also want three months from the expiry of the date of issue. That's not been made clear at all. If you're confused by the sentence, don't worry. The regulation is read by Ryanair as being that a passport cannot be more than 10 years old. And there must be at least three months remaining on the passport within 10 years after the date passengers, uh, leaves the foreign country or even more, uh, or. <laughs> Or for even more scrutiny, a valid passport for a UK passport holder must be less than nine years and nine months for entry to Portugal and uh, uh, and other countries in uh, the EU. Uh, The check-in agent was apologetic and suggested Mr Glover try with Jet 2. He flew with Jet 2 the following day. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, john, I, i'm not supposed to read the green bits out but i'm actually going to here because it uh, <laughs> this, is, this is from from john actually when he was putting the notes together for us john does all the production work and stuff on our our notes and does an awful lot of research on our behalf which for which we're very very grateful uh john is talking but speculating i should stress that he's merely speculating uh from what i gather this is because mr glover bought a one-way ticket with jet two jet two told him to use his original booking with ryanair to Return in May because he was returning home, the passport wouldn't be an issue. From Jet 2's point of view, he had a return ticket, but his ticket. Uh, his return ticket was not with jet 2 so not jet 2's responsibility uh, that this handing off of responsibility passes the responsibility with the immigration staff in Portugal um, so yeah so that's an interesting sort of take on it uh, now with all that in mind po- Portugal is very shortly making travel much easier for UK travelers Portugal has announced it will remove brexit restrictions and treat UK visitors under the same conditions as those from the European Union the new rule mean that travellers from the United Kingdom will no longer be treated as third country nationals and uh, as required under Brexit under EU Brexit legislation the UK is treated as a third country but individual states can use their own rules regarding travel. Britons entering Portugal with e-passports will be able to avoid long queues for manual immig- uh, for manual immigration and passport checks by using the e-gate channel. Portugal's foreigners and border service the sef said it had opened four new generation e-gates at uh, lisbon airport with similar facilities at faro porto and funchai uh, airports uh, nationals from australia japan singapore and new zealand will also be allowed to use the automatic system Uh, another side note from john here uh, this is not the same as eu citizens who do not have to have a valid or otherwise passport or in some countries any or identification with them to travel through the um the schengen area uk citizens will still be required to carry their passports and have validity as discussed before um so yes a very interesting story there as i say and of course what not sort of exasperated slightly by the, the point that, the problem we were talking about there where there is uh, I mean there's a lot of uh, noise shall we say being made by the government at the moment here in the UK over the delays uh, of of getting and renewing passports here in the UK of which I have currently fallen uh, victim to uh, so uh, yeah it's, it's a sort of an interesting one here and actually you I think, think it's, I wor- think it's I worth it's worth looking up actually if you go to the um, I think it's the Independent Simon Calder did a very very good uh, little video actually where he was talking about um, the importance of knowing when you did and didn't need to renew your passport so that you weren't trying you weren't putting added pressure on on a service that's already under pressure if that makes sense but I mean very serious here in the UK um, because it, it is literally potentially uh, ruining
0: a lot of family holidays uh, I, I this, think the um, problem yeah. is Matt is a lot of people you know passport is something you don't look at every single day. Or even every month, to be fair, and you know, if you don't have a note or a mental note or a note on your notice board or whatever as yeah. to when your passport runs out, you, you know, it's just like a lot of things. You tend it, a lot of things. Very easy to forget about it. Very easy to forget. Absolutely. You know, I'm, mine, mine is twenty twenty five, so I'm all right for a few years. Yeah. But like I said, Gemma's has just run out, and she, she'd forgotten. The only reason she, um, uh discovered was because she got the uh, passports out to put into a different bite folder in our in the house here. And said, Oh, it's run out oh crikey so yeah. you know it's, well, luckily we're not going on holiday this year but no
1: um well that's the same here because mum's discovered that hers has actually expired but you know we're not planning to do a foreign trip anytime soon um in fact our our, our major holiday this year is going to be a little trip on the broads again which we're very much looking forward to in september so uh well so, m- yeah. mine's in june as you know Matt. absolutely yes i'm <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm on duty i'm on duty i am poppy poppy cat sitting yeah, yeah. You'll, uh, you'll yeah. Be here. I mean the advantage is I get to live in Carlos's lovely house um, <laughs> but I'm under no illusions there uh, the cat the cat will nothing me for the entire time that I'm there but uh, but Matt Matt will have full access to the house as Oh you, absolutely yeah. Indeed, yeah indeed indeed looking does, forward to that it. I him. do absolutely I, well, I'm I'm in the Vegas suite I think aren't I you are in the Vegas Very suite. Yeah. Yes, this is this is my favourite suite. Oh,
0: no, suite. no, sorry, you're in the uh,
1: world suite. Oh, I'm in the world suite. Oh, no, I'm normally in the world yeah. suite, aren't I? It's not yeah, the you're Vegas suite. Yeah, that's right. You're in the world suite. Yeah,
0: indeed. <laughs> uh,
3: anyway. Anyway.
1: As you do.
0: <laughs> Back to aviation. Yes. Um, this next story comes to us from the Points, Miles and Martins is boarding area.com blimey what a website and uh, this one's brought to us from undo again this week and this is all about delta um launching boarding pay for flight attendants exciting
2: all right this story is coming to us from points miles and martinis dot area.com go check it out i like all of those things uh, Delta Airlines is launching this new boarding pay for flight attendants. It is industry practice in many parts of the world that flight attendants do not get paid in their hourly rate until the doors are closed and the parking brake has been released uh, before departure. And usually their hourly rate uh, pay ends when the parking brake is set or block in, block out, and they arrive at the destination. This is about to change for flight attendants at Delta Airlines. On Monday, the, in, the internal memo sent to Delta employees revealed a new pay component for flight attendants for the boarding time beginning June 2nd of 2022. With this new pay incentive, Delta will be paying flight attendants at 50% of their hourly rate for boarding duties. Domestic narrow bodies will receive 40 minutes of boarding pay. Wide bodies will receive 45 minutes of boarding pay. And transoceanic flights will receive 50 minutes of boarding pay. It is important to note that this is based on the scheduled boarding time so that the flight attendants are not actually paid for extended delays on the ground, but it is a step in the right direction. The boarding time compensation comes as Delta flight attendants push to unionize. Currently the group wants to join the Association of Flight Attendants, um, which also represents flight attendants from over a dozen carriers like Frontier Airlines, United Airlines and Hawaiian Airlines. Delta is the only major U.S. carrier not to have a union a representation for its flight attendants. This is not the first company to compensate flight attendants for boarding. Middle Eastern Airlines Etihad, uh, they pay their crew for hourly rate when the crew arrive at their briefing center. British Airways also has similar agreements in place with their, cra- with their cabin crew. Um, this change for Delta employees is for mainline crew only and does not include pilots, and it also doesn't include the regional carriers that fly under the uh, Delta banner. Now, as you guys can imagine, Del- uh, not Delta, all flight attendants have all kinds of duties that they're doing before. Arguably, some of the, the hardest duties and are, bef- are before and after the flight. I mean, the the crew has to check in. Producer John put some notes in here, but um, the crew has to check in anywhere between 45 minutes to up to two and a half hours before their flight. They are doing the crew briefings. Captain Nick has talked about that, especially on long haul international flying. Um, There's safety equipment checks, there's security searches that need to be done. There's the actual cabin preparation. There's catering to be checked and checking the, the amount of the stocks on board. Then there's the boarding process, the boarding passes, the airline passengers finding seats, putting up their bags, uh, strapping down their babies, figuring out where the dogs are gonna go, managing flows of passengers to make sure that the aircraft doesn't tip. Um, (laughs) uh, There's just all kinds of things. The head counts that we see, the, the, the running up and down to make sure that the cabin is safe before takeoff, all of that currently has not been compensated for these flight attendants so this is a step in the right direction i can't wait to see you full pay for um on the ground duties hopefully from delta and other carriers soon so we'll see what's up
1: now, this story really did, I mean, uh, I was privy to this information, if you like, but that's because I'm lucky that, um, you know, one of my best friends is cabin crew. And this really did genuinely shock me. I mean, you and I, Carlos, for example, obviously, I was a coach driver. You're still a truck driver, for want of a better <laughs> word. Uh, yeah. But you, you start getting paid from the moment that you arrive at work. I and you do your walk-round check yeah. and uh, you do all the inspections. You fill in all the paperwork. You You get all your invoices and documents ready uh you you then have your your break or whatever before you hit the road etc etc and that's all paid it's the same for me in the world of coach driving my duty would start from the moment that that taco went into um the machine um and it has to be there because it has to record you doing the check so you know that's that's why it's literally as soon as that that taco head goes down you're, you're being paid from the moment there so to discover that cabin crew basically don't get paid until the damn thing starts to roll essentially or those, yeah. that, that door closes i mean you think so if there was a two-hour delay in the airport for example you're not getting paid. they're not yeah. getting paid and that's not uncommon is it for a flight to be delayed um you know by an hour say um and i you know i mean i hope delta start the the wave if you like here with what they with with what they've done because i personally think that's absolutely appalling I really do. I mean, I mean, can you imagine, Carlos? If they, like, if you know, for you, like, if if work didn't start basically until wheels rolled, <laughs> you know. I'd be lo- I'd, I'd lose. Uh, well, I mean, you know, don't put a hours number a week. Yeah, well, I can say don't put don't put a number on it because you don't want to give Stuart any ideas. But it's just <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's just I'd, I'd lose it. five hours a week. But you know, but I mean that's not right, is it as, no, as no, they, no. you know that's absolutely appalling because, as you say um like boarding uh, boarding as an example <laughs> is a very important process um you know that and you know they're doing
0: all that and it's not um uh, oh tacos at work. Sorry, that's the, it's the chat room again <laughs> uh, Darren Tash one has said tacos and then Mazusa has said, you get tacos at work Where do I sign up yeah absolutely yeah yeah my apologies. No. shall I use the correct
1: terminology? Tachograph. A Sorry digital, about that. A digital tachograph. Yeah. yeah although I mean, mine were analog ones. They were. They were literally the discs uh, that that were doing that. But uh, yeah, this is uh, yeah not ideal. Uh, I don't think. And they they they, yeah, absolutely, you- they need to do something about this,
0: don't they? Well, the the the. the uh, <sighs> I'm, I'm a massive, massive believer, and I think the pay should reflect the job you do. You know, like when you look at um, – this is slightly off topic from air, aviation in, in a sense, but, you know, when you look at the, the, the pay, for instance, that a, a care worker gets here in the UK is – is 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 yeah. abysmal. Yeah, absolutely. it's hideous. Yeah, yeah, You know, it's absolutely hideous. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you look at the pay that, perhaps something else. You know, another a, a job which is yeah. less um, involved yeah, will be absolutely. paid more yeah. money. Yeah, you know, indeed. Um
1: uh, well and one of the one of the, actually really interesting point raised raised here by Richard and I I'll, I'll, I'll check um with my cabin crew friend on this one actually he's saying presu- uh, Richard Adams is saying presumably a longish delay on the ground could mean that they run out of hours to complete a long haul flight before they've started meaning they could potentially go home unpaid I Which mean is that's terrible. Yeah, that's. I do I, you know I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. Um, oh, hello, Myla, by the way. Myla's in the oh, chat. Right, oh, very hello. good. Yes, hello, Myla. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, so uh, I don't know the answer to that one, uh, Richard, but we'll we'll find we'll find out and uh, report back. I think on, we should we should
0: campaign one. for proper pay yeah. for, for our yeah, uh,
1: Dirk S is saying again, it's an advantage when you have a boring nine to five job in the office. <laughs> absolutely, how true is that? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, although again Neil War is uh sort of highlighting a similar problem. I know we're slightly off topic with this one here though. Uh saying care workers not being paid for their travel time is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and I know from when my mum used to do like care work and stuff, um there there was no you you given a time slot, but there was no time
0: allocated if you like for travelling to um the next place and stuff. I mean it, I mean there's a lot actually, of things. Actually even like for me, the job that I do, if I if I get to a destination to a, a um uh, like I did do this week, to, mm. to a distribution hub to deliver, uh, you know, some some stuff to there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if I'm waiting there for one or two hours, sitting there waiting, which nine times yeah. I'm, watch, I'm watching catch-up TV on my tablet <laughs> in the cab, oh, I'm still t- getting paid. It's a tough life being a coach.
1: I'm, well, I'm, I'm still getting paid. And to be fair, I mean, I was very lucky. The company that I used to work for, for, for coach driving, when I arrived in London and had a whole day in London, I was being yeah. paid to be in London, I, I didn't like clock off as soon as I as soon as it went on rest, and that's so it should um, be. Absolutely. You're in charge of a coach, Mr. You're, yeah, absolutely. Not anymore, mate. Not anymore. Not anymore, oh, not anymore, not anymore Dr. Not anymore. Steph's just appeared. Oh, hello, chat- Dr. Steph. Roy- more royalty. This is very exciting. Oh, cheers, Dr. Steph.
0: No, very and good. Cheers. Good. All the uh, Indeed. Chat- yes. So, so uh, uh, this next story. Um, this is a bit of nostalgia. We uh, found a story this week. I, I was delving through the realms of Google this week. And I, f- I came across this story and I thought it's, uh, it's not like a current day story, but this is a very interesting story, especially for, for me in my earlier life. Um, going on holiday with parents and uh, this comes to us from the gazettelive.co.uk and the lost airlines and travel agents that used to take brits on holiday so for our uk listeners this will probably Um, ring a few bells and bring back a few memories but for some of our um, global listeners you'll probably struggle with some of these companies but they are very well known uh, here in the uk especially companies so we'll start off with uh, the first one now matt i can remember these guys being in the high street in our local town of Lowestoft many years ago and this was a company called lun poly so lun poly was once yeah was once the Biggest travel agent in the UK, originally created uh, by two already successful travel agencies uh, uh, named Polytechnic Touring Association and Sir Henry Lund Travel, before being combined to become Lunn Poly in 1965. It became an innovator in the travel industry by splitting leisure and business travel into separate departments. The high street shops were dotted around the country and specialised in package holidays, whereas offices were set up to serve the needs of the business industry. Some might not remember the company's long-running television campaigns that featured people on their holidays. They offered one person would say, "Lumpolly, get away, to which the other person would disappear (laughs) into thin air. And appear in their vacation spot. Now, right. Lumpoly, I honestly, I can remember that this, this, honestly, you, you, have you got the pictures, Matt? I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. Sorry. I, I missed yeah. that in the notes. I'm afraid. So i was was uh, was, as I said, one of these um, travel agencies. And I can remember as a child, my parents booking um, holidays to Tunisia with uh, Polly. Wow. And Matt's pop the picture up on the screen there for those of you watching in the world of YouTube. As uh, and that was uh, blimey, that is going back a few years. Yeah, I bet. Lee Davis in the chat room says he can remember uh, Lun Polly. And uh Mazus, yes, they did have a parrot in their adverts. Oh well they did, Mizzou's, yes, yeah. I remember that actually.
1: Yeah, 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 I do remember that.
0: So the next one on the list is uh a very, very well known airline yes. here in the S- UK. Especially and here at here at PTUK Towers here as well. At UK, yeah. yeah. This is Monarch Airlines. Monarch Airlines started out in nineteen sixty-eight when the air travel was only uh, really feasible for rich families. During the 70s, there was much more demand for cheaper package holidays, which is where monarch continued to excel. As it was cheaper compared to other airlines. In 2004, the airline switched to becoming a low cost operator after struggling to compete against other low cost carriers who offered seat only fares rather than package holidays. When Monarch sadly went into administration in 2017, it left 110,000 passengers stranded around the world, leaving the CIA and the government to bring people back home. Now, I can remember many very very nice holiday experiences yeah with Monarch airlines back in the day they um, were a popular airline weren't they very I mean, popular yeah. yeah yeah they used to fly not just around to european destinations Monarch used to fly into um into the maldives into very many wow, different okay. destinations so yeah very popular airline used to fly uh, i think they flew the airbuses the right. okay. uh three th- 300 i think they flew 310 or 300 uh 330s they had at their later times um but monarch was about it was one of those well-established british airlines yeah absolutely yeah uh next one this was one another one honestly this is one uh, I, I used to absolutely love flying britannia airways and funnily enough In my drawer in the kitchen, I have a heap of teaspoons from Britannia Airways. Do you? Yeah. uh, Beginning in the life under the name of Euravia, Britannia Airways carried passengers to destinations around the globe from Parma to Barcelona and Canada, and even flew out to long-haul destinations that were slightly more difficult to reach, like Natal and Brazil. And uh, Britannia used to operate uh, many a mixed fleet actually of seven three sevens they used to have back in the day the old dash two hundred series Britannia had uh, in their fleet and uh, yeah, I have some fond memories actually of traveling not only on the seven three but also uh, I traveled on one of britannia 's seven six sevens that they had many years ago that was um, and actually uh, a lot of britannia 's seven six sevens went on to be taken over. By Tom because uh, Thompson, uh, Thompson Airways Did they? took right. over Britannia, and Thompson took over a lot of the uh, the ex-Britannia Airways 767s, and I think off the top of my head, I think some of the ex-Britannia Airways 767s are still. Being used by two TUI dot wow, okay. uh, um, uh, com, wow, and they're easy to spot because the registrations are golf, obviously G registered because they're British registered aircraft, some mm. of them, but the the last two um, letters of the registration are BY, which was Britannia Airways old prefix b1 oh, okay yeah, Br- yeah britannia so they're easy to spot but yeah
1: now the next one here i actually remember very well because Ooh. uh my first ever flight was with this company and if i m- remember correctly we flew to the island of zakynthos i think that's where we went to uh and then we we did a boat or was it, no i think we were actually no let me correct myself there we arrived in athens uh, in Greece obviously and then it was a boat ride over to Zakynthos where we were staying uh, and then a boat ride back because we had so we had a week in Zakynthos and then we had a week in Athens doing all the like the Parthenon and all that kind of thing I mean it's it was an an absolutely incredible holiday it really was and that flight that I did there with was with Air 2000 and I'm sure in one of my boxes somewhere I still have the red band he- uh, headphones uh, with the double, um, the two prongs
0: rather than the single prong like you get with headphones now. Mm. Where well, like, well, this next one's British Midland. Is it? On the list, yeah. Air 2000's next. Oh, Don't panic. Okay. All right. Well, let's <laughs> do Air Two Thousands because like, seeing we'll as I've given it the big. We'll do Air to Air. we'll do Air Two Thousands. <laughs> yeah, Air Two Thousand, also known as First Choice uh, Air Two Thousand, was founded was in nineteen eighty seven. I didn't know Although that. Although First Choice officially commenced operations in two thousand and four as a charter airline for TUI. It only lasted four years, but was a big player in the travel industry, carrying six million passengers in 2006 alone. It was the first airline to operate the 787 Dreamliner in its rotation. But due to delays, the airline merged with Thomson Fly, who inherited its planes. And Air 2000 um, was the one and only time that I've had a jump seat flight in a 757 landing at Gatwick Airport at night, uh, of which I still have the VHS video up here in the loft with the flight on, which was taken on an 8mm Sony Oh, wow. Um, and I, I really, really, really need to get that video put on to uh, digitised. So, um, right, yeah.
1: okay, leave it with me. Um I, I um, do have a box somewhere that will do that,
0: so... Yeah, there Air 2000 was, was a really, that was, you know, one of those really nice airlines as well. Yeah. To on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Last one on the list then, British Midland Airways, uh, 1964, British Midland-based Airline was named Derby Airways. It was brought out of Manchester based scheduled charter airline Mercury Airlines and officially became known as British Midland Airways. It was the first airline to introduce a domestic business class option, which it called Diamond Euro Class. I'm sure Nev probably flew on that one. Uh, yeah, Matt's okay. put the picture on the screen there of uh, one of their aircraft. Uh, British Midland actually was um, one of the f- um, operators here in the UK. They were one of the first customers in the UK, I think, for the 737 737- dash.
1: That's quite an unforgiving or photograph. I'm going to take the photograph away there, because it's quite an unforgiving photograph. On it. <laughs> actually, there's quite a few comments
0: in the chat room, actually. Yeah, go on. Um, uh, actually, while
1: you're, while you're sorting those out, um, Mark yeah. um, Mark has been saying in on the WhatsApp, Uh, number here is saying he said can anyone remember my travel
0: oh my travel yeah yeah Yeah. orange and orange and yellow logo oh was was it okay yeah yeah uh dirk s says remember flying with ltu i remember ltu yeah um who else we got here we've got uh, uh jonathan warner says his first holiday abroad was with Monarch to Menorca on an A321. Nice, yeah. Uh, Lee Davis says, oh, my God, stop, Britannia. You're making me cry with these. Yeah. I know, Britannia. And uh, Lee Davies saying that uh, he got uh, to fly in a 767 t- uh, with uh, Britannia 2. Wish too, he would do a retro Britannia Airways livery. Now, that would be pretty damn awesome. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Neil Landwarns followed up with my spoon um Revelation. <laughs> oh, is he, oh, go on. At least we know why they went bust. It was all the spoons that done it.
1: Yeah, it's probably the, all the spoons that Carlos nicked. I think that's probably what it'll be. No,
0: I him. actually do. You know what? I got those spoons from uh, an eBay seller, and they were the embossed um logos. And these, they actually right the one. The ones that I've got as well are Caledonian Airways ones as well, British Caledonian. Yeah, um, which are which are quite hard to to come by. But yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Neil Lamon, uh, before we move on, Neil Lamon points out very rightly that those were the days when your baggage didn't cost more than your ticket. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I
1: suppose. Uh, I suppose, in their defence, though, of course, the the model has moved on, hasn't it? I suppose it's,
0: uh, yeah. you know, they, they've. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, it's a bit of a bit of a blast from the past. Yeah, though. very much so. Very. But Matt, very moving on to the next story, story. and uh, this is this is one that I chose, I picked specially for you this week uh, because oh. it's uh, a bit of a tech, a bit of a
1: tease. Right, okay, wish me luck with this one then. Uh, yeah, so story, story number eight is Starlink to debut on first major airline. Uh, starting next year, uh, sorry, this is coming from the FlyingMag.com and the PointsGuy.com, two great websites there, actually. Uh, starting next year, Hawaiian Airlines will become the first major airline to offer free Wi-Fi via SpaceX Starlink internet service. How cool is that? The deal signed in April twenty uh, twenty will outfit uh, 100 airplanes with Starlink terminals after testing is completed while approval will depend on each aircraft type, Hawaiian's uh, Airbus A330, the A321 Neo and the Boeing 787-9 aircraft will receive the internet upgrade next year, Hawaiian Airlines is ensuring its passengers will experience high speed internet the way we expect it in the 21st century, making hassles like downloading movies before takeoff a relic of the past said Jonathan Jonathan Hoffler uh, who is the SpaceX vice president of Starlink commercial sales with Starlink in flight experience is greatly simplified so that once passengers step on board the plane the internet works seamlessly throughout their flight soon passengers will enjoy all of the benefits of having the world's best in flight internet connectivity from the comfort of their seats according According to its website, Starlink is capable of providing download speeds between 100 megabits and Mm. 200 megabits with a 20 um, with a wow, with a 20 millisecond latency. Flipping heck, that is good. Uh, In uh, most locations, the breadth of Starlink's worldwide reach is made possible by the almost 2000 satellites in low Earth orbit. It's unclear whether or not those speeds will be available on a plane mid-flight, but Hawaiian Airlines president and CEO Peter Ingram is optimistic about the quality of internet service they will provide when we launch the Starlink. Uh, when we launch with Starlink, we will have the best connectivity experience available in the air, Ingram said. We waited until the technology caught up with our high standards for guest experience, but it will be worth the wait. Um, Our guests can look forward to the fast, seamless and free Wi-Fi to complement our award-winning on board Hawaiian hospitality. The financial value of the deal between Starlink and Hawaiian Airlines has not been made public, which I think is kind of interesting. Now, uh, I mean, weirdly, I, I, I sort of sit in two camps on this one. I must admit Um, I think one of the most exciting things that happened to me was a while back now, actually, where, um, my friend actually rang me, um, a video called me from the aircraft while they were flying somewhere else. That was quite, um, that was quite mind-blowingly magical. Um, but I'm a bit worried that in some respects people are going to not look out of the window. <laughs> do You know what I mean i mean I'm true, all right. yeah. for some yeah. people that flight from A to b um is the only way they the only time they get to sort of like switch off i mean I do think it'll be a, a real shame um you know i suppose if 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 you're in business then it's going to be incredibly handy to be in business class, sat there with your nice table and your laptop getting on with your work so that you can arrive at the other end but it just seems such a, a shame that people aren't going to just sit there and enjoy the flight.
0: Like yeah, I mean, they were, I mean you a night flight—you're not going to see a lot anyway. To be fair, true, but I mean, in a, in a daytime flight, especially when the weather is clear, which, to be fair, nine times out of ten, when you are up that high, it's clear anyway, regardless of what's going on hmm. at three thousand feet in this country. Um, but I, you know, I've some of my best pictures that I've taken have been out of the window of the aircraft when i've been you know on either coming back from somewhere or going out um on holiday but you know for some people having internet connectivity when they're flying is important if you are if, I mean, I, if you're in business class you're obviously a business person
1: yeah and i've, um, I've been in, I, i've enjoyed um sharing my experience with people real time by whatsapp for example. Uh, I mean, I remember um, WhatsApping several people when we were um, when I was flying to New York, for example. Um, I sort of treated myself to to one of the passes to because they had internet on board the seven five seven. Would you believe? Um, yeah, a bit so, like
0: what I did when
1: I flew out to the States. Yeah, in, that's it. Yeah, yeah. December. And we were getting videos and, and and little voice notes and all that kind of thing from you. And 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 that's, listening to Park Radio. Yeah, listening to Park Radio. This is it. And uh, you know that was quite yeah because you were listening to Jono, weren't you? While you yes, while you were yeah. flying over there and that that was because uh, he's a playing geek as well although he doesn't admit it too loudly so he did he did find that really quite so so i can see the the thing for it, but i'm just a bit worried because he's like i love speeds my tech are good though, i love my tech i absolutely love my tech but i'm just, i don't know i just i just those people, speeds are good though don't you they think? are they're they're mind-blowing now i don't know whether that's uh what would be available to each person or whether that's the connectivity that would then be shared mm. you know within the aircraft I'll tell you
0: um, one person who does be better.
1: It'll system. still be better than most premier inns let's be honest. Anyway, sorry. I uh- will <laughs> tell you
0: one person who does use this system because his his broadband I think at home is so bad and that's uh uh, uh Captain Jeff. Oh really? Oh that's Got interesting a Starlink system. Yeah. Really, that's interesting. And apparently it's it's supposed to be very good. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh
1: well, you know, how effective it's going to be in flight uh, remains to be seen, but uh, yeah, it sounds
0: absolutely we'll, bit- we'll have to uh, yeah. we'll have to get Armando one to take on yeah.
1: board. Well, uh, and of course, the 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 point being, of course, when when you're doing the Starlink thing, I'm a bit like our satellite here that we have, so that we can do outside broadcasts mm. at busy sites. Um, you know, it's one thing to configure it and point it at a satellite to get a link and then do do a recording or do whatever you need to do. It's another thing to have that connectivity when you're moving at what three, what what is it
0: like three, four, five hundred miles an hour or whatever it is when you're in the air. Mm. Arnie, I'm just looking at Arnie Carlson's comment in the chat mm. room maybe there will be no starlink at window seats it's hard to see through the window from seats between the aisles
1: yeah so yeah yeah uh, he uh, apg saying i, just, I assume it's captain jeff it does, as i say it just it yes. says yellow says it's it's true.
0: <laughs> yes he uses he has a snarling.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Arnie yeah. says he uses it as well. Um yeah, as I say, it'd be interesting to see how the, how they do that satellite thing while it's while it's on the move in the
0: air. That's the the bit that I'm most fascinated. And by. Alex makes a, quite a good point actually Matt in the chat room there mm-hmm. just before we move on. I, he says he thinks it's amazing that we've taken to launching satellites to get faster internet instead of laying cables.
1: Yeah. Mind you, in this area, uh, unless you are, well, it's not so bad in Bungie now, for example, um, we're very lucky because we're actually part of a pilot scheme. Ironically, Bungie do- has done very well out of the pilot scheme here because uh, we all have fibre to property um when we really we shouldn't have, frankly, because, you know, most towns, are like if you're in Halston, you can't get fibre and, and all that kind of thing. We're just uh, gifted. We're just very lucky. Um, but a lot of villages and stuff, I know a lot of villages, like, especially in, like, so if you go out to Denton, for example, which is only, what, six and a half miles away from Bungie, which is where we broadcast from. Um, uh, I know several people who've invested in 4G modems with routers and use, um, you know, they have a data package with a mobile phone company, you, I think EE in their case, in order to be able to have high speed internet. Um, yeah. at home because it's faster than getting you know i think it was I think all that was possible was two meg down and uh less than half a meg up you know so not enough really even to watch the iPlayer player and stuff but anyway uh it, it is captain Jeffy. <laughs> thank you thank you jeff it is captain <laughs> it is, jeff. absolutely yes a, a family show ladies and
0: gentlemen family, family show, show. Uh, <laughs> right so <laughs> moving on to the next story time's ticking away here we're, we're having a good old Good I show we're we're gossiping away a bit, aren't we? Sorry, yes. And uh, this next story comes to us from the legend that is Armando. And uh, this is from AIN Online and FlightGlobal.com. And it's all about the Gulfstream uh, Gulf G700.
2: As I sit here in this wonderful FBO at the Lexington Airport, uh, we're going to have a little biz, jet story right now. So the Gulfstream G700 may actually have gotten caught in the cro- crosshairs of the 737 MAX oversight fallout. Um, this particular article is from AIN online and flightglobal.com. The Gulfstream's first G700 delivery could slip three to six months uh, beyond the end of 2022 due to a newly required intensive review of the jet's software. According to General Dynamics chairman and CEO Phoebe Novakovich, Uh, The FAA has asked Gulfstream to perform additional line-by-line validation of the software of the fly-by-wire ultra-long-range business jet. This disclosure uh, validates industry fears about higher FAA scrutiny of future aircraft certifications in the wake of these uh, Boeing 737 MAX just debacle. Uh, Novakovich said that she didn't specifically mention Boeing instead skirting around the issue by saying the time-consuming extra equipment is, quote, the result of events independent from us. Uh, She added that a delay in the G700 certification will also have a knock-on effect on the derivative G800. The first flight of the G800 is planned for the first quarter of 2023. Uh, That has been timed to occur just after this G700 approval. So while certification has always been Uh, six to nine months after the G700. This delayed certification will also interrupt the start of the G700 deliveries, though Gulfstream said that it would increase production of other models to make up for this temporary shortfall. Meanwhile, the G700 structure testing is complete. FAA certification of the aircraft's Rolls-Royce Pearl 700 engines is expected in the coming months. Uh, Production of Customer G700s is also underway, and the five flight test program uh, aircraft have logged uh, upwards of twenty hundred hours in flight already in flight testing. Um, I'll leave it up to you guys to discuss whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, but having a little extra oversight is probably not a bad thing.
1: Now, I mean, I'm not really uh, in a position to sort of comment on this really, Carlos, so I'm, I'm going to defer to you on that. Do you think this is a good idea?
0: um, you're asking me and I've never, I'd, I'd love to fly the Gulfstream G700 right. to be fair. It's, it's, it's one of those things. And when I heard this story originally and cause it's been on another show, another famous podcast that I listened to as well, Oh right, here this, we but, go. uh, in a more tech, <laughs> you in realize more- we're getting an email now, don't you? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things. Cause when I, when I've got the SIM set up here at home and that, and, uh, using these uh, using these crosshairs and stuff yeah it's it's one of those things that i think unless you fly these sorts of jets and know exactly all these systems you know like in, in which is in the G700 um it's it's a whole different thing as to as to flying like GA aircraft when you've got you know simple steam gauges inside but um, actually, uh, Amanda does a very good job of explaining things. He does absolutely. Uh,
1: actually while while we're talking about your simulator, uh, Mark was saying on the WhatsApp, Matt, you should get on Carlos's flight simulator when you <laughs> stay over. Uh, it may <laughs> calm your nerves for future parachute jumps. Will it Echos like I can assure oh, you. <laughs> dear. Absolutely. I wouldn't have the first clue how to fly that thing. Trouble is he's made it so complicated. It's not a joystick anymore.
0: It's all <laughs> these weird it's, it's all these simple, things. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. there we go. Uh, no, no. If it's not Windows, it's Sim parts. No. Anyway, we better move on because we, we are rapidly running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one is coming to us from TheGuardian.com and headline A New Start After 60. And I trained to be a flight attendant. It's the only way I could explore the world. Oh. So sometimes when she reaches the sanctuary of her hotel room after 24 hours on duty, Suzanne Watkins finds herself laughing uncontrollably this has happened in south korea guam japan and ireland all since last november when on her 60th birthday she passed her flight attendant training She said that I knew the only way I could explore the world economically was to get paid to fly, she says. And she said that she knew she had to do it at 60 because she didn't want to do it at 70. I mean, 60. Wow. (laughs) Watkins works long haul at short notice with ad hoc schedules. The lifestyle would horrify some, but she says she feels most at peace with herself when I'm a stranger in a strange land and she's wandering. So she's given up her rented apartment, downsized and squeezed everything she owns into a five foot by 10 foot storage unit. or and that's all she has, she says. Uh, she says it is exciting not knowing where I'm going and what. Uh, what i'm going to do she says she stays with friends and family when she's not traveling after watkins and her husband divorced in 2008 she also always knew where she was going she raised their daughter then 14 and son eight years old as a single parent in sebastopol california economically she said i scrambled and a minimum wage job, and these include working in a toy shop and planning travel for non-profit school organizations. She said that life settled into an unnecessary pattern. She says you drive to the office, sit at a computer all day, and go home and sleep and then do it all over again. Watkins was still in this mode in 2018 when she was taken to ER with life-threatening sepsis infection. They had to remove half of her intestine, made her realize that she is... Are mortal, she says. Sometimes (laughs) that's what it takes. Before her illness, she says she was complacent, and complacency at old age doesn't work. It's not uplifting, she said. I think it's important as an older adult to keep pushing the limits. And she says she doesn't think your life as linearly or linearly. She opens her hands and thinks of it as continuing to unfold and you can have surprises and joy. When the pandemic shut the skies in 2020, Watkins read of flight attendants being laid off. And uh, her own plans grew wings. She applied to be a flight attendant, graduated after five weeks of training, and her two children appreciated her differently. She said that, I think they see me as afraid and not a risk taker when they were younger. And now they see me go through a lot of transformation and can finally be a role model for them to show that it's okay to follow your heart. And at the age of 60, becoming a flight attendant is honestly, it's... um, well, if you can do well, it, I mean, they they say, as well. Yeah, but 60, age is any number.
1: Sixty isn't isn't the old age that it used to be. Do you know what I mean? It's you know. Well, no, the retirement
0: age they keep putting. Retirement well, absolutely, age, and you pay yeah, back and back and back Indeed. and back. Indeed, back.
1: you know, I mean, oh, well, and as uh, as uh, Marcus said in the chat room, uh, in the in in WhatsApp, sorry, yeah, good on her. I mean, what 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 a lovely way to sort of you know finish your working life with a fascinating job like that. I mean, it is hard work. There's no two ways of sugarcoating that. But uh, you know. Uh, Good luck on her. Uh, I'll take the last story, shall I, Carlos? And... Um this is Air Baltic. This is our final story in the commercial this week. Air Baltic and American Airlines making pilot training more accessible. This is coming from SimpleFlying.com and AirBalticTraining.com as well as the AAC, uh, uh, ca- sorry, the AA Cadet Academy.com. There we are. I need to get that right. Uh, anyway, Latvia's Air Baltic Pilot Academy has announced that it has improved the payment structure for its commercial pilot. Pilot study program. The update means that Air Baltic will finance a significant part of the studies. This is good news, isn't it? Uh, the new model specifies uh, that until a private pilot's license is obtained, costing approximately 15,000 euros, that's $15,800, students of the Air Baltic uh, pilot program are required to cover the costs of the studies. After passing Air Baltic's pilot assessment and becoming an official employee of the company the airline will provide financing for the further €64,000 required to complete the training. Uh, Applications for the current intake close on the 16th of May 2022. Uh, American Airlines has teamed up with the American Airlines Credit Union to provide additional financing options for students accepted onto its cadet training Program. Uh, since its inception in 2018, nearly 600 cadets have joined the American Airlines Cadet Academy, of which 60 have already graduated from the program. Upon um, uh, completion, pilots can interview for a first officer position at one of American Airlines wholly owned regional carriers Envoy Air PSA or Piedmont uh, before eventually progressing to mainline carrier itself American Airlines has also partnered with Discover Student Loans to provide finance for students enrolled in the cadet program an advantage of the loan programs include a two year grace period of loan repair uh, of loan Repayment during flight school. The loans cover up to one hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars. The cadet pro school program costs ninety two thousand four hundred dollars. Uh, anything uh, between that and uh, ninety nine thousand four hundred dollars, depending on which partner school uh is uh,
0: is a student it attends. So, I mean, uh, I think anything that anything that makes uh, pilot training more accessible to young people yep, especially when absolutely. when you haven't when you haven't got uh ninety nine thousand four hundred dollars just lying around no yeah, you know, anything that makes who has it easier. oh well exactly <laughs> um anything that makes it easier for, for youngsters to be able to go and train it is an important thing i think especially now with the way things are in the, in the world yeah the absolutely
1: plan. absolutely although, although i i still maintain i stick by uh, and i, I i'm going to put my captain Al hat on here if i may and say uh yes it's a you know it's a step in the right direction but we still need to do more i think in terms of helping these people because you are going to go away and work for an airline aren't you at the end of the day mm. um so i do feel i still feel uh, um that you know the airlines could be doing more um, to help, yeah, people, but, you know,
0: there, there should be more kind of schemes from some of the bigger airlines. I've always thought that 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 to help um, with this kind of thing because there are there there are there definitely are hundreds of of young mm-hmm. young people out there. I mean, not saying that it's just young people who go for these things, but yeah, you know, there are a lot of young people who are leaving school who'd love who'd love to do pilot training and love yeah. to become an airline pilot. But when you look at the cost of doing it, it's just. Just, unless you've got incredibly rich parents or you've yeah, you know yeah. won the lottery, it's not going to happen. No, and that's true. That's that's where I think airlines need to um, do something.
1: Agreed. I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you on that one at all, not at all. Um, so
0: that is where we bring the commercial news to I think, no, a I think there is one week. more
1: story, isn't there?
0: Is there? Yes, there is a story 12, I think, uh, all oh, about
1: skydivers.
0: Um Oh, I thought I thought we were. We moved, I thought no, we
1: no, 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 it, no. It was more because it's got a video in it, and so it was easier oh, for you right, to. Okay. It was easier if you read it
0: rather than me. And all okay, stuff, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> So, uh, You're giving away 12.
1: all the secrets now.
0: I know, I know. You should be able to see in the chat room if you can see yeah. the, 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 the reflection in my glasses. We're going to have to do something about that because the glare is horrendous, my friend. Oh, what do I get? Yeah, but I
1: can't get them re-coated now. No, no I know, I know, I know. We'll, we'll work something out. There must be a way of, of solving it. Uh, I, or just won't wear them. Oh, blondes. Well, no, but then you can't oh, read.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, no, Leave them on. We'll we'll, fi- we'll find another way. So, uh, last uh, story then, <laughs> Mag.com, skydivers honored for record-breaking formation so in the world of skydiving dr steph's in the chat room so she knows mm-hmm. all about this and uh, obviously matt will know about this when he gets his first dive so in the world of skydiving one of the first and most difficult formations to nail is the head up formation with feet down towards the earth a jumper gives way to gravity to Uh, descending up to 160 miles an hour. Balance is difficult. It's a feat for any skydiver to to pull off. But when 84... Yes, I said 84 skydivers do it so at once. Records are broken. That's exactly what happened in July 2019 above a patchwork of fields outside Chicago when skydivers from 17 countries set up a head-up world record. The event, led by professional skydivers, Amy Chemlicky and Sarah Curtis, set a new bar for the sport as well as a trained spotlight on women gaining ground in a sport where they have historically been unrepresented chem and curtis were set to be honored thursday this week by the national aeronautic association which is celebrating the 11 most memorable aviation records set in the past two years the record-breaking formation which was a combination of more than a year of planning took 20 attempts to nail according to the pair and they said it's just really difficult type of flying, Chemlecki told flying. Even world champion level skydivers who do this similar type of flying all the time and they train it all year were having trouble with this specific skydive because it's just some small details that when you're working with this many people trying to build one formation is really hard. Uh, she said that on a jump like this, every single person has to do their job, she said. The event was a showcase of the most experienced skydivers in the world. Obviously, Dr. Steph was there with an average of 6,000 to 7,000 career jumps each. I mean, Steph, Dr. Steph does that in one year. A <laughs> group of jumpers motivated was also a challenge, Shemlecki added. Uh, it's not unusual for a record like this to take 15 to 20 jumps, she said. We actually planned that it was going to take at least 15 jumps," she said. The participants were then uh, there, fully knowing it was going to be at least a five-day event, or maybe even longer. And while I'm uh, reading this, Matt's playing the video. On what a cool video field. this is! Isn't For it? those of you who are watching on the YouTube stream. This is a awesome video. If you're listening to this as a audio podcast, take yourselves over to our YouTube channel, yeah. Plain Talking UK. Well, the, the link to it.
1: the the link to the YouTube video will be in the show notes, so uh, I'll make sure that that's there. And but Dr. Is- Steph says that Chemleki is a yeah, LG. absolutely. And look at that! I mean, look at that! That is just crazy. It's just an incredible size, isn't it? Whoa, oh, oh, he went. Oh, he lost himself a bit. Yeah. More. That is just such an amazing. I mean, that is, the, the weird thing is, is it just looks so peaceful and serene, doesn't it? They're, it looks all, like they're, they're standing on yeah, something. Yeah, they're just having they're a little stand. You know, nothing. I mean, the fact that the ground is getting faster and faster towards them, I can just see the ground getting bigger and bigger. Is the bit that worries me. And there they go. Look, they peel off, uh, presumably to get ready to to pull the shoot. Um, but uh, yeah, what an incredible. There we go. There goes the shoot of the video, the video
0: uh, team. What an amazing video, eh? I mean, they must have. Have to have to have had one hell of a large drop zone mm. for this because um especially when they're coming in or coming into obviously land on the field, because there's a lot of people to get down in you know what yeah, essentially absolutely. might be a small yeah. small drop zone.
1: Yeah. Uh, Alex yeah. Robinson saying, to be honest, it looks like they're all just standing around. I don't disagree <laughs> with him there.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> no uh,
0: doubt. I, I can actually I can imagine that John is now sitting there. <sighs> doctoring that video to put Matt's um, um, face on one of those. Fortunately, uh, John's very busy.
1: Uh, so... <laughs> So that won't be happening at all uh, with a bit of luck. But there we are. That is where we, where the military uh, – not the military. Uh, we've still got to do the military. Oh, <laughs> commercial dear. news. I'll, I'll go and have a lie down. A Carlos Takeover,
0: I'll go and have a lie down.
1: Matt's going to go and have a lie down, and that is where we bring
0: the commercial news to a close. So it's time for our segment of the week, which we have every week, uh, when I remember, uh, which is our Caption This <laughs> (laughs) Just for fun. And uh, this week, uh, I posted on our Facebook page the picture, which we would love you to all send in your wittiest captions for, which you've done this week, as always. And uh, this week's picture, Matt, will pop up Uh, on the screen. So describe this for our our audio listeners, then, please. So... this is uh, obviously the picture uh, in question, which is a. It must be a. I think it's probably a low-cost carrier, right. possibly <laughs> <Okay>. Southwest <laughs> or a US carrier. I'm sure one of our chat room members will probably know which airline this is from. Yeah, right. And uh, on the seat with a seatbelt on, I will point out the seatbelt is on. Is a rather large hamburger. Yes. Um, yeah, there nothing more that
1: we can say to that, really. Uh, <laughs> so it's a
0: aircraft cabin with passengers, and on a seat is a hamburger with a seatbelt on. Quite, absolutely.
1: So, uh, Matt, kick us off with yeah. the first one. Okay, so Bernard says uh, most annoyed by my emotional support hamburger uh, that wasn't allowed to sit at my feet.
0: Uh, Stuart says, one-eyed hamburger, forcibly restrained and gagged during encounter with excessively long leather boots.
1: Dirk says, whoa, look at this lucky guy going on holiday with these juicy buns sitting next to him. Sorry,
0: he says in brackets. Uh, that's very appropriate, yeah. Uh, John says, after comparing the prices of an EasyJet warm wrap to that of purchasing another seat, passenger buys another seat for her own Scooby, Scooby snack. snack. Yeah. Darry says, flight attendant, someone has stolen
1: my fries i demand the captain declare an emergency and land near the closest mcdonald's <laughs>
0: <laughs> next one is a, a hark to one of our stories from a few weeks
3: ago
1: and this yes. is steve i Said love this
0: Emma eats. Is a reality
1: after all. Because he's referring to the uh April Fool's yeah. Day uh that Emirates did. Uh Dave, uh, David says, uh Maccas, Aussie for McDonald's, uh, new uh, holiday bundle deal, large burger with fries and a return trip to Malta. Oh, good choice, David. <laughs> good choice, David. He made straight yeah, away. Yeah, right, okay. Uh, 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 Bob says self-catering flight i mean you know that's always an option neil says uh this should stop me throwing up my burger if we did if we have bad turbulence
0: right okay and uh sue makes a <laughs> yeah. horrified she Sue is. makes a very yeah. good point yeah. actually with the current situation on the airlines what no mask Although you could argue the seatbelt's doing a very job, very good job of covering
1: the, the thing. Anyway, that's the car, the caption competition for this week. It will be back
0: next week. You'll release uh, it on Wednesday, a, all being well,
1: yeah?
0: It's, it's, oh, God. Oh, uh, Lee more? Davies in the chat room has brought another comment for this. Do you want flies with that? Oh, oh my oh, word. Deary me. Uh, Richard uh, Adams... In-flight catering on a newly introduced business class by Easy. <laughs> true, troops. Uh, uh, Mike pens the the song that goes with the advert two all beef patties special sauce lettuce cheese pickles onions on a sesame seed bun right i'm sure he could sing a lot better than me uh, yeah
1: absolutely uh uh uh, 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 captain jeff has also chipped in here saying uh hold the pickles hold the lettuce special
0: orders don't upset us turbulence does though Uh, (laughs) and richard adams will end with richard adams comment burger me Family show, Richard, family show. Honestly, family show. Family Honestly, show, yeah, indeed. There we go. That is the caption competition for this week. Then. Right. So we have got some military news uh, from Armando. Yeah. And we will be back with you with said military news right after this. Well, uh, welcome to our London studios. Uh, welcome to the A320 Lounge uh, webinar uh, tech presentation and um, obviously for the 320 series welcome to the a320 and 737 lounge bringing technical refresher courses directly to you using our cutting-edge broadcasting facilities enjoy a fully interactive technical refresher course from the comfort of your own home all of our webinars
1: are live and you can ask your instructor a question at any point during the day All of our instructors are
0: highly experienced and can help you. No more expensive nights away from home, no new software required, just an internet connection. Courses are run at regular intervals, so check out A320 Lounge and 737lounge.com for more details.
1: Discover the pioneers of speed and adventure at one of the UK's most iconic museums. Whether it's a tour of the legendary Concorde, a walk around the Brooklands Aircraft Factory or maybe a behind the scenes look at the McLaren Automotive Cars, the Brooklands Museum has it all. Based at Weybridge in Surrey it's the perfect day out for all the family. We can also host your private function or meeting in one of our amazing event suites. With so much to see and do come and take a look at Great Britain's history of speed and flight find out more by going to www www.brooklandsmuseum.com or give us a call on 01932 857381 that's 01932 857381
3: Watch out buggies? 135, 50, angels, 16 8340 Okay, hard to
2: tuned in. This first military story is from defensenews.com. The Marine Corps has declared its heavy lift helicopter, its newest one, operational. And we talked about this helicopter on the show a couple months ago as it was being developed, but the U.S. Marine Corps this month has declared its new helicopter operational following the completion of uh, test training and sustainment requirements. Uh, Deputy Commandant for Aviation in the Marine Corps, Lieutenant General Mark Wise, on April 22nd, determined that the Sikorsky-made CH-53K King Stallion had achieved initial operating capability. They announced that just uh, last week on April 25th. So the CH-53K provides significantly improved capability over the CH-53E, the Super Stallion, Uh, The 53K's requirement included flying 110 nautical miles while carrying 27,000 pounds of cargo internally or externally, essentially carrying three times more weight than the 53E under comparable conditions. The King Stallion proved through testing that it can also carry a greater weight than that, travel longer distances, and fly in more strenuous environmental conditions, allowing operators to trade off the variables to meet these mission needs. So the 53K, the CH-53K was previously expected to reach initial operating capability in 2019, 2020, but the program, of course, as we talked about last time on the show, ran into some significant technical challenges in early 2019. The highest profile challenge was the exhaust gas re-ingestion problem, where the hot and dirty exhaust from the three engines was actually sucked back in um, <clears throat> rather than the engines taken in clean air. Uh, the Navy, the Marines, and Sikorsky had to turn their attention to address this technical issue because that was causing significant problems, including increased maintenance in the entire life cycle costs, engine overheating, and actually uh, uh, probably compressor stalls during flight tests. Now, the Navy and the Marine Corps announced in December 2019 that they had resolved that problem and would continue to uh, conduct test flights. Uh, The subsequent uh, tests and initial operational and evaluation period, the 53K flew more than 3,000 mishap-free hours in various temperatures, altitudes, terrains, as it's going to find in its operational capability. <clears throat> and one of these things I think we talked about on the show, this 53K, at least one of the tests and prototype models, was actually called to rescue a disabled uh, U.S. Navy MH-60 helicopter from a mountainside in California. The Navy initially thought that the only way to recover this helicopter was going to be to cut it into pieces and put it on a truck, um, since at the time there was no other military aircraft that could reach that kind of rugged mountainside at a high altitude and carry that much cargo out. But on September 5th of last year, the Marine Operational Test and Evaluation Squadron, um, which had these 53 Ks, they went up there and said, we can do it. And they retrieved that, um, that Seahawk off, off of the, <laughs> the mountainside. Um, so, according to a Marine Corps statement, the 53K has about 57 more, 57 percent more horsepower, 63 percent fewer parts, contributing to a lower maintenance requirement and more operational time as opposed to down maintenance downtime for these helicopters. Um, if everything goes according to plan, the helicopter should enter full rate production uh, by fiscal year 2023 and go on its first operational deployment with the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, probably
0: sometime in 2024. I was just looking into a bit of the history of um, CH53. Okay, cool. And um, obviously, Armando's uh, talking about the K model there, but the actual original um, YH or YCH53 was uh, first flew, Matt, in 1964. Goodness me. I know, I know. It's always amazes me when when you get something like this, in a military aircraft or helicopter, whatever, yeah. and it progresses from, you know, from, it's like they go through the, the actual letters, yeah, And we're now on the K model now in 2022. Um, but yeah, 1964, first flight, introduced into service in 1966. So. Wow, amazing, yeah. amazing. So next story uh on the list here Matt and yes. uh, you're going uh, to uh the politico.com
1: we are indeed now this is this is a sort of like a follow up on on one that we covered I think it was either last week or the week before um, where uh, I think it's safe to say a little bit of a mistake was made involving meaning that uh, you know a very important building or two had to be uh, emergency evacuated Uh, as I say politico.com is the website and the headline is the FAA admits fault in capital aircraft incident the Federal Aviation Administration on Friday admitted it was the source of the communications breakdown that forced an evacuation of the Capitol complex on Wednesday over fears that an unidentified plane was heading there with uh, nefarious uh, intent. In fact, it was a US Army demonstration plane containing the Golden Knights parachute team who had been set to skydive into a Washington Nationals baseball game later that night. The FAA's initial review of the circumstances surrounding uh, Wednesday night's parachute demonstration by the US Army Golden Knights at the National Park showed that we did not provide advance notification of this event to the US Capitol Police, the uh, agency said. Capitol Police had to issue an evacuation alert to those in the area during a flyover for what was ultimately ended up being a false alarm. USCP defended its actions in a statement issued Thursday morning saying the precautionary measure to evacuate the Capitol was Uh, not one we take lightly. The Army plane with the Golden Knights parachute team took off from Joint Base uh, Andrews outside Washington and was circling the area around the capital uh, Wednesday evening. The U.S. Capitol Police declined to further comment on Friday. The FAA tracks events surrounding the highly restricted airspace around the U.S. Capitol complex and other nearby federal buildings from the National Capital Region Coordination Centre located in Herden uh, so uh, uh, VA liaisons from the FAA Defence Department, Secret Service Customs and Border Protection US Capitol Police and the Transport Trans- Transportation Security Administration monitor events from NCRCC full time the FAA said it apologises for the disruption and fear experienced by those who work there adding a further review into the communication break down is underway with partner and other law enforcement agencies together the agencies will additionally take any uh, steps uh, that are required to prevent such incidents from occurring in the future i mean this someone is, didn't check their email absolutely or somebody <laughs> didn't send the email i think that's probably the most likely oh uh, we're in a spam uh, yeah absolutely the old excuse yeah well i well given the fact that the faa have, have apologized it would rather suggest suggest that they forgot to tell them I think that's probably what the problem is. So, but I mean, you can understand, can't you? That the nervousness for one, you know, for for evacuating oh, yeah, 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 it. I yeah, yeah, mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. you know, you can understand why they did it. I mean, some people are saying it's an overreaction.
0: It's still very when you, no, uh, it's
1: Yeah, I, sp- I. Yeah, fortunately, it is something that we
0: can just laugh about now. I guess.
1: Yeah. Never
0: mind. eh? Next story. This one comes to us from thedrive.com and uh, Boeing unveils first T7. Alpha or T7A Red Hawk training jet for the Air Force. So the Air Force's new advanced jet trainer achieved an important milestone with the official rollout ceremony in St. Louis uh, this week. Boeing has rolled out the first T7A Red Hawk built for the U.S. Air Force under the Engineering and Manufacturing uh, Development, EMD, phase of the program. These jets are set to be the service's first new advanced jet trainers since the T-38 Talon, which first took to the air more than 60 years ago. Significantly, this is uh, particularly the particular jet itself, the first true T-7A. The previous two aircraft being company demonstrators that were not necessarily representative of the final configuration. This week's rather ceremony at the Boeing's plant in St. Louis, Missouri, saw industry leaders and Air Force officials bring attention to the game-changing attributes that the T-7A is expected to bring to the training pipeline. The first of a planned 351 T-7As for the service, which Boeing bills as the first aircraft to be fully digitally designed, are due to be delivered to the Air Forces at joint base san antonio randolph next year ted colbert president and ceo of boeing's defense space and security said in a statement we are excited and honored to be to uh, to, uh, deliver this digitally advanced next generation trainer to the u.s air force this aircraft is a tangible example of how boeing its suppliers and partners are leading the digital engineering revolution the T 7A will prepare pilots for future missions for decades to come. Saab's president and CEO, Michael Johansson, said that this is the culmination of years of work and design and partnership between Boeing and Saab. Saab's knowledge and expertise uh, contributed to the design and production of this world class trainer, with more than a thousand Saab employees involved. And collectively, they said they set out an ambitious vision. Uh, to redefine what a jet trainer is but also how they are made and they have succeeded at the same time the rollout ceremony had a strong emphasis on the legacy of the african-american tuskegee airmen the famed red tails of world war ii who are honored in the name and livery of the new trainer General C.Q. Brown, Chief of Staff at the Air Force in a Boeing media release, said Tuskegee Airmen are one of the most celebrated units in our Air Force history and the T-7A honors the bravery and skill of Of these trailblazers Like the airmen They were named And painted to pay homage To the T-7A Red Hawks Break down the barriers of flight These digitally engineered aircraft Will make it possible For a diverse cross-section Of future fighter and bomber pilots To be trained And provide an advanced Training system And capabilities That will meet the demands Of today's and tomorrow's National security environment Once in service The aircraft are also expected To be much more adaptable than their predecessors with open architecture software to allow new capabilities and training elements to be inserted to keep pace with the modernization of the wider air force. I suppose, with these new jets, Matt, you know, these are all, you know, it's not just so much the hardware, it's software that's involved with these aircraft. I suppose, you know, when you are putting new software onto a, a trainer like this, it's probably as simple as, you know, a plug and play kind of, um, yeah, kind of thing. So absolutely. Yeah. Indeed. So moving on to the last story, mm. this one's from Armando, and uh, we're going over to the defense news.com for this one.
2: All right. You guys are going to have to hang in there with me for that. If we've made it to this story, it means we had some extra time. And I wanted to throw in, uh, this story because I, am going to take a little personal note on it, but, um, just recently with the conflict in Ukraine going on, um, this article was published from defense um, regarding SpaceX and SpaceX specifically shutting down a Russian electromagnetic warfare attack in Ukraine last month. The Pentagon is taking notes of how they did this. Um, so russia's efforts to conduct that uh, ew electromagnetic warfare in ukraine show how important it is to quickly respond and immediately shut down such attacks according to pentagon experts the u.s needs to get much better at its own ew rapid response capability they said in a recent conference just this week um as we have we in the military had said for a long time there's a lot to be learned from the civilian sector, the private sector on innovation and rapid deployment of some technologies. Now, this is an aviation show, we're usually talking about airplanes, we maybe you're talking about weapons, something like that. But in this case this is related directly related because as aircraft and um, some of these advanced air vehicles become so uh, tech heavy and software heavy that is it's a significant um, <clears throat> disadvantage that the government is in the, in the acquisitions process and how long it takes because of the due diligence that the government has to take in ensuring that taxpayer money is uh, appropriately spent and goes to a good cause, right? So um, the private sector can take a little bit more risk than, than the government, any government, right? Whether it's the British government, the French government or the US government because um, that's private money. With the government's expending taxpayer money, usually these process t- processes take um, a lot more time. So, this uh, one of the directors of electronic warfare from the Office of the Secretary of Defense, um, his name is Dave Tremper, said um, or pointed out recently SpaceX's ability last month to swiftly uh, stymie a Russian effort to jam it's Starlink satellite broadband service, which got a little bit of, of press in the beginning of the conflict. Um, the Starlink satellites are, our system are keeping Ukraine connected to the internet throughout this whole conflict. Uh, SpaceX, uh, founder Elon Musk, obviously steered, uh, these thousands of Starlink terminals to Ukraine that was uh, covered in the news and the media, um, after somebody in the Ukrainian government, um, basically requested, um, for help, asking, asking for help in the conflict. So according to some reports, the next day after, um, reports came out that the Russians were jamming the Starlink terminals, um, Starlink slung a line of code and immediately fixed it and prevented these, any further attacks. And that suddenly that attack was, was completely, um, right? So from an EW, or even a software perspective to be able to integrate a line of code, um, for information security or operational security is that quickly was fantastic. But, um, the government on the other hand, as I said, has a significantly longer timeline in making those types of corrections. Um, so this article was talking, you know, kind of summarizing the, uh, a speech in the conference talking about how how the, uh, the government can get better about learning from the private sector. Relating it specifically to aviation, um, the Air Force's newest in development compass call. So the compass call was traditionally a C-130 with all kinds of technical gizmos and gadgets that were designed to jam uh, frequencies, jam communications, as well as some other specialized missions. That aircraft is being replaced by the EC-37, and this is a prime example of how digital engineering is transforming how the U.S. Air Force approaches this new electronic warfare battlefield and information warfare battlefield. And in order to be able to employ those aircraft quickly and, and effectively, um, I you know I just wanted to, to point out that. That there is a lot to be learned, and specifically, you know, with with uh, SpaceX, um, from the private sector about how the government can do things a little bit better.
1: I mean, I, I'm very glad that Armando was explaining that story because uh,
2: oh, <laughs>
1: I've yeah. got no hope in, no hope of being able to to sort of do that. So, thank you very much to Armando for for that. Uh, we're going to start wrapping up very quickly. That is the end of the military for this week. I'm just going to very quickly circle back to one of the stories literally hot off the presses. You know we were talking at the start of the show about the Red Bull plane swap pilots um, mm. and obviously yeah. what happened there. Just just a very, very quick uh, update. Uh, is uh, Red Bull plane swap pilot appears to post Instagram confession. A message on Luke Luke Aitken's Instagram page indicates that he disobeyed F.A at the FAA without telling team members, which is a bit naughty. Oh, that's the Red Bull one, yeah. Yeah, that's the Red Bull one that we did earlier. So Luke Aitkins, the lead pilot for the Red Bull uh, plane swap. Sorry, it's literally on my phone. That's how hot off the presses it is. Uh, the plane swap, uh, swap stunt that we were talking about earlier, that streamed li- live last Sunday on Hulu, has apparently posted a message on his Instagram page in which he takes res- full responsibility for continuing with the event without the permission from the FAA. In the Instagram statement, Aitken says that he received an email from the FAA denying his request for an exemption from uh, certain federal regulations that uh, would have cleared his team to perform the swap. But he says he kept that information from the other team members. I received email notification on the 22nd of April 2022 from the FAA that a specific exemption was not granted and I made the personal decision to move forward with the plane swap. I regret Not sharing this information with my team and those who supported me, the post reads. As the project uh, lead and chief pilot, it was entirely my responsibility to operate within the regulatory framework to ensure a successful outcome, the message reads. In a statement sent to Flying on Friday, Red Bull said Luke is a courageous, highly skilled athlete who has been a friend of Red Bull for many years. He has uh, been entirely upfront and honest about his responsibility in this matter. We look forward to his continued friendship. We'll we'll leave it at there. Uh, I'm sure we'll cover oh, it in right. more detail there later on. But that is quite the uh, as I say. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, we are running over. I know, but uh, given that <laughs> we were covering this story earlier on, I think uh, absolutely right. Time is only us two at night. We're we'll running. I some.
0: know absolutely. Um, so social media links yep. for the show, in case you don't know, uh, find us over on Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram. Search for us on their social media links. plain Talking UK. Just search for us on there. Uh, that WhatsApp number, if you want to send a picture in, if you've got a picture, an aviation related picture, you want to be on the screen behind me and Matt here. Uh, you can send it to plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Uh, you can also email the show, podcast at com if you want to send us an email to the team. And you can also check out our website, allaw.planetalkinguk.com is our shiny website. Where you on there, you'll find links to Patreon if you want to become a Patreon supporter of the show. Uh, We love that very much indeed, helps support the show. There's also links on there to PayPal as well. uh, If you want to make a one-time donation to the show, which all very much helps support the show. And that uh, helps me, Matt, Nev, and Amando do what we do each week. On there, you'll also find links to Amazon where you can do your shopping through that link. doesn't cost you a penny, but we get a small referral fee if you buy your cat food or your batteries on there for your remote controls. And um, other things can be brought on Amazon. <laughs> yes. And also on our website, don't forget, there is our shop where you can treat yourself or your parents or your mum and dad or your aunt and uncle or your brother, sister, whatever, or your cat even, or your dog, to a PTUK shirt, a T-shirt, which you can find on there uh, to buy. And if you fancy drinking your coffee, your tea, your scotch, your beer, out of something really fancy, you can also treat yourself to a PTUK mug, which is also available via the shop link on our website. And uh, that is where we have got to bring episode 409 to a close. Big thanks to everyone in the YouTube chat room this evening for joining us in there. Great to see everyone in there. Awesome to see all the usual family members in the chat room this week. And a big thanks to John for all his hard work in the background this week as well, getting everything ready. And also to Matt as well for being an absolute legend this evening and making sure all the <laughs> buttons and stuff have all been pressed in mostly the right in the order. right
1: order. Mostly in the right order this evening. Right oh, mostly very proud of myself.
0: <laughs> and a big thanks as well before we finish to all our audio listeners of the show. Absolutely, who download the show every week and listen to us as an audio podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you to you as well. And don't forget if you are downloading through iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or one of the other marvelous marvelous pod. Downloading platforms. Don't forget, if you've got an option to leave a review, we'd love it if you could leave us just a little review on there to say how I don't know how amazing Matt Smith is. So that'd be absolutely fantastic. So that is where please, we're going to bring please don't do that. episode 409 to a close. And uh, hopefully all the team will be back next Friday. We live in hope. The show. So that's it from me, Carlos, here in my home studio. From Matt over in the PTUK Master Studios. Have a fantastic weekend. Take care, everyone, and see you next Friday. Take care,
1: everyone. Bye Bye bye.